The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Jackpot, baby. Raiders fan radio. Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever. You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! We miss you, we love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the middle, intercepted to the piano, at the 50. Football, and I think Oakland victory. The Oakland Raiders have scored on the most famous, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Well, I love this team. I think this team can win. I do too. I think this team <laughs> can win. You are listening live to Raiders Fan Radio, hosted by Murph, Uncle Mosh, That's me. and Swag Jeff. Take it away, guys. Why? Thank you, Brent Musburger. What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back here once again for what we trust will be a fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Episode number 254 of Raiders Fan Radio coming to you live tonight from Murph's Fan Cave or uh, otherwise what the kids call my bonus room. So we appreciate all of you that are joining us uh, live tonight. We appreciate all of you that are joining us on the audio versions of our podcast. Uh, You can find the audio versions of Raiders Fan Radio on any of your favorite audio podcast services like Stitcher, uh, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts is what they call it. Uh, Google Podcasts. Is that what the kids call it? That's what kids call that. Um, what else? Uh, 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 Spotify. Spotify. Uh, Pandora. Amazon Music. You can ask your internet-connected device to play Raiders Fan Radio, and it will play it, and you will hear the dulcet tones of Raiders Fan Radio, the three dulcet. faces that are made for radio on your internet device. So appreciate you, and just do us a favor there. Like, subscribe, rate it, review it, all that good stuff. Helps with the algorithms, and it helps uh, the listenership of Raiders Fan Radio, which we're getting into our busy season because now we actually have football to watch and so we appreciate all of you that join us that way audio uh, appreciate everybody that joins us on the fan-sided website uh just blog baby we there are the official raiders podcast for just blog baby and fan-sided and appreciate our partners there and you can find us every week live on the youtubes oh, at 4 p.m yes. 
America, yeah. go to the YouTube right now. That's right. At 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern at YouTube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio. And you can join in with all of our good friends that are there live in the chat tonight. Uh, Vibe Raider is in there. What's up, Nurse Peach? Uh, Paul Edgerton is in there. Ron the Maid Raider. Uh, Raider Shank is in there. Anibra Nation is in there. PSP Raiderette is in there. Super Him is in there. Lee B is in there. SC Experience. Adam Hill. One of two Adam Hills. Uh, Super him, <laughs> Lee B. That uh, I mentioned, Raider Shank, Tider Raider, Duke City Raider, Jackson Mason TV, JB is in there. So so many, and a lot of uh, Martin Miller is in there. A lot of folks that are uh, that are that are that are in there that maybe we don't see as much on a regular basis. Yes, but now we got football, boys. Let's, let's go. go. Let's, let's go, go, man. Holy cow! All right. Well, I got I got I got I got I got a. I got to pump it back a little bit, as uh, Derek Carr would say. Oh, okay. Because I got a couple people to introduce here in the fan cave. Because I'm not going to do a selfie. It's not going to be the Murph Show again. Thank God. I've got my best friend back. I've got my real-life uncle back. Um, Alexa just said, uh, Victory Raider says, Alexa just said, I love Swag Jeff. And well, yeah, you got You got a fan of Alexa. That's very nice. But anyways, I, I uh, welcome the two gentlemen that are going to uh, jump in here tonight and talk some Raiders football. And that, uh, first off, the man, the Dorns, the Western Annex of the Murphs Fan Cave Desk. He is the legendary, the one and only, Uncle Mosh. All right, check, check, check. So my headsets are out, so I'm going to go ahead and pull that off, and I'll just go uh, I'll just go without it, without ears. Do it. There yeah, you go, perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, tonight, episode 254. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to all my peeps in Waco, Texas, the area code Two five four. Waco, oh, Texas. Nice, nice, I'm nice. sure there's probably been a great Raider in history. We'll give that to Tom. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tom, find, 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 out, that out. find out what famous Raider was from Waco, Texas. Waco, Texas. Because uh, there's been a lot of them that have been wacko. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Including uh, one of your favorites, uh, yeah. the man from Mars. Easy. Easy. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Just a little as loose. long as it's not. Disparaging of King Otis. Oh, and never disparage King Otis. Nice. No, 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 no. And you can check out our YouTube channel to see my tribute to That's exactly right. To Mr. Sistrunk. That is exactly right. Well, appreciate you being here tonight, Uncle Mosh. Uh, Glad to have you back here in the fan cave. And uh, next up, I'd like to welcome in the man that adorns the Southern Annex of the Western Annex of the Merce Fan Cave Desk. He is my best friend and yours. From the Southern Annex, the Western <laughs> Annex. <laughs> Swag, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Why did it feel like this offseason was like a billion years long? Seriously. It really, it really did. I guess just because we ended on such a high last year that like we just we just craved more football and we wanted more. And so I'm so fired up that the Raiders will take the field tomorrow. We will, of course won't see any of our starters, our you know, our, our all-stars and stuff like that. We won't but, see the the the, uh, the starters after the starters starters. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? But we're gonna see the silver and black on a green oh, field. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Absolutely. So so I can't be more excited. And I can't wait to talk about the the uh, uh, the uh, training camp and all that stuff because it's been a fun last couple weeks. It's been fun, man. It's been fun. We got so much to get to, uh, man. Uh, and Jeff, you got uh, anything else that you know? 
for those of you that don't know, for those of you that are new to the show, brand spanking yeah, new. We appreciate, and we do, and we're going to get a lot of new listeners. We always do. Our numbers actually spike up because now it's football season, so we appreciate yes. all of those of you that. So if you're if you're new to the show, um, so what we do around here is that any of the money we raise, we give 100 percent of that money away. And uh, Jeff is our social media director and yes. kind of heads up our uh, communications on that. Jeff, tell them uh, what we got going on with with all that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, let's give respect to Aaron the Q Dog Raider in the chat Aaron, with a 19. 19- 11 uh, donation to the One Nation Foundation Q. says Happy Hall of Fame game Eve Nation. Mosh once smoked with Willie Ness- Nelson in Waco, Texas. <laughs> once. Go University of Mars alumni. Hey, I absolutely. I did have a chance to smoke with Willie one time though in real life. <laughs> nice. You know? At the Circle Star Theater in in uh, Cooper- oh, in, yeah, Cupertino. Right. Uh, Circle Star. Circle I don't Star. It was. Anyway, it was a revolving stage. I was 17. Went in there. Willie's playing on stage, right? Tanya Tucker opened for him, right? Willie's playing on stage, and they had cases of Lone Star beer stacked on the stage, right? Willie's out there playing, he's singing, and all of a sudden people in the, started smoking dope and throwing joints up on stage. And so Willie would pick him up, and as he's singing, he'd hit him, and the stage revolved, and he'd fling him back out into the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, it was super cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, San Carlos. Yeah, that's where it was. I love it. There you I, go. I awesome. love it. I love it. So, yeah, so thank you, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, for that uh, 1911 donation to the One Nation Foundation. And uh, we got a little swag alert. Come if on. If you follow us on social media, you know that, you, yeah, absolutely. You know you know, we love swag, especially the guy sitting right here. And uh, and we got a new shirt right here. And oh, I've got one right there. On. Yeah, the One Nation Foundation shirt, man. So, yeah, so so get your shirt. Support the cause that all the money is going to and all that stuff. I got Uncle Mosh a little pin right there if you throw it to oh, his right, right. there. Uh, so There we go. Yeah, yeah oh, there nice, you go. Man. How cool very, is that? So yeah, cool. so so it's not just shirts, it's pins, it's uh it's you can get a sticker. You could get a sticker, you can get a magnet for your fridge, you can get a mask. I you mean, could you probably can, get an eye patch, couldn't you? It probably could. <laughs> probably could. So yeah, so you know, I mean, if, if you if you need your swag fixed before the season starts and you don't have enough money to buy a $250 Derek Carr jersey, then why don't you just drop 13, 14 bucks over at our T Public website? Uh much respect to T Public and stuff like that. But yeah, go get you something, man. Get you something, because one hundred percent of that money goes to our foundation, the One Nation Foundation. Yes. We have got some Amazing things working with the One Nation Foundation. Uh, nothing official we can announce yet, but we've got some incredible opportunities. And so look forward uh, to sharing more of, of that with you uh, as soon as we can. And uh, and yeah, and our fundraising efforts are, are not going to slow down this year. And it's all because oh, of you guys. It's going to get so and, much bigger. Oh, my gosh. The amazing generosity that you all show us. And uh, just to, for those of you that don't know, again, and are new to the show, uh, so far we are on track to donate uh, $8,000 from our foundation to the Blitnikoff Foundation. And, uh, and that's going to start off this, this or start off. We're going to do that at the end of the year uh, at the at their annual dinner uh, coming up in uh, in December. And again, we don't get there if it's uh, not because and, of all you amazing listeners. And yes. we're also that was a weird noise. Eh, uh, eh. We're also hoping that that eh, eh, as we've done in the past, that's not our only recipient. Sure, sure. Yeah. So you know that's our goal for the Bolitnikov Foundation, but. There's other recipients from the foundation that we've helped out and we've given money to, and we, we're always looking forward to that. 
So we're just, you know, the more we get, the more we can give. And the more that we get, the more that we can give to different organizations as well. Raider related, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Uncle Mosh, for that. Um, all right. So we always take our episode number and tie it back to something significant within Raider Nation. And uh, my buddy Jeff over there has that duty. And so, Swago, yes. what do we have that's significant about 254? Well, we got a couple things that are significant about ah, 254. Absolutely. Absolutely. As everyone knows, you've been paying attention. Uh, the assistant to the assistant to the assistant to the assistant general manager of the episode number, that is T Hom. <laughs> and he always shoots us one in there. Uh, and he always comes with the fireman. And he came in again today. So it's a career stat. We're going to be highlighting Art Powell. So oh, obviously, wow. yeah. So big, yeah, big Art Powell uh, people right here. So uh, so we play, he played for the Raiders from '63 to '66 and is considered to be one of the first uh, true deep threats that the Raiders ever had. He had 254 career receptions oh, as a Raider. Yeah, nice. absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. So uh, Art Powell, yes, and Tom Flores traded to Buffalo for. Number three, Daryl Monica. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. He was in on that. Yeah. He was the other one. He was the other he one. He was the other Art one. Art Powell and Tom Flores. For okay. Yep. Wow. Wow. Well, there you go. So the second one that I have, uh, we're going to be highlighting Todd Christensen. Oh, let's go for oh, six. Come so, on. So, so if you if you listen to the show, if you watch the show, you know that uh, that episode 246, we highlighted Todd Christensen. Yes. Right, right. yes, yes. Yeah. So he had 41 career touchdown receptions, which, was, uh, which is 246 points for number 46. Nice. But we went back to the lab. Oh, we went back on. to the RFR labs and we found out that Todd Christensen scored in a couple different ways. Ooh. So not only did he have 41 touchdowns through the air for 246 points, but he also had a fumble recovery touchdown. Oh, yes, you did. No. Absolutely, you did. But he also had a two point conversion. <laughs> yeah, so if you retally those numbers, Todd Christensen actually scored 254 points oh, as a Raider. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is fantastic. Hey, Bravo, Swag Q, Jeff. Q-Dog Q says, over under a three-hour show. <laughs> a three-hour <laughs> show. A three-hour show. All right, let's go ahead and Uncle Mosh hit us some contact info, and then we're going to jump into some respect. Okay, go. Hey, everybody, this is your old Uncle Mosh out here at, at the Raiders game. I got Q-Dog, I got Mojo, I got Big Raider Trucker, and they got something to tell you about Raiders Fan Radio. Get your facts, get your funny, and get the F out. Woo! <laughs> I love your laughter in the background. I didn't even like... notice that till now. <laughs> That was awesome. That's, uh, that's of course, <coughs> some of the, the, the maid of the maid men. That is our good friends, Emiliano, uh, Big Raider Trucker, and Emiliano. Yes, Emiliano, the Emilio. Big Raider Trucker, uh, Mojo, and, uh, and Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider, who are all going to join us uh, out here in Nashville. For those yeah, of you that don't know, we're, go. we let's are go. California, relocated out to Middle Tennessee, and uh, we live just outside of Nashville, where we are going to watch the Raiders come in and play the Tennessee Titans this September and cannot wait. we got some amazing things going on for that. We're going to have our Raider Nation meetup party uh, on Saturday, uh, our uh, Music City Raider Nation party, and then we are going to do a live tailgate with the Bustin' with the Boys crew uh, leading right up to game time on Sunday. Uh, location still, we quite, I haven't quite pinned it down yet. We're getting real close. We'll let you know as soon as we do. But anyways, it's going to be a silver and black takeover, man. It's going to be awesome. I went out of order. Woo! That's okay. Hey, Raider Nation. Woo! <laughs> old Uncle Mosh here with an updated contact info. 
So sit up, zip up, shut up, and pay attention. You can call us at 909-345-3346, or as Murph would say, 909-345-3346. How about emailing me? You want to email me? Email me. Email me at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. Or what about reaching out to us on some of that social media stuff swaggy likes? Try Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. The Twit at Twitter at Raiders Fan Radio. Insta something. Instagram <laughs> at Raiders Fan Radio. The Ticky Ticky Ducky Duck. TikTok at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about the Twitch? Some of you out there twitching. Yeah, 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 anyway, Twitch at Raiders Fan Radio. Or if you don't like that, go to the YouTube. America, go to the YouTube. YouTube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio. Oh, my God. If that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, go to your podcast provider and search Raiders Fan Radio. Holy crap, that was a lot. Yeah, it was. Shut up, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Jackass. Are we done? Good. Let's go. And then you followed it up with the let's go. I love oh my it. God. I love <laughs> that's it. Dude, that dude right there. Hey. Where's Murph? But, uh, where, where, where? QB Jeff. Oh. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he never gets it. He's <laughs> always like, how do you guys, what, what's the signal? Where Where do we go? Yeah. It's, it's, well, we've been hanging out for 20 years. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know? no kidding. That was money. That was money. That was a good one. So we are in regular season form. That is fantastic, guys. Know, All right, man. Hey, go to the, Murph, huh. go to Swaggy's camera. Okay. Tell, you guys are killing me with that. You both did the, Okay. Right. <laughs> Tell the story about your black eye, bro. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, my my son went all uh, went all Murph in Oakland, or you know, or uh, or Edge or whatever in WWE, and just it just pile drive me right with right in the eye with with his head right there in Florida. Yeah, we were in Florida. He speared you. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. a Goldberg spear. Yeah, went full Goldberg. Yeah. Off, off the edge of a pool or something, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He was jumping into the pool and yeah, just went full on head first. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure my daughter doesn't drown. And Ollie still thought we were playing the game, so, so yeah, like, he just Dad, came right at me. What? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And that, and that was about 27 seconds into the trip. Uh huh. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> All right, so we appreciate you, Raider Nation, checking in tonight. And uh, hey, listen, we uh, we like to uh, top of the show here. We like to give. Uh, like to give a little bit of respect. Yeah, we don't we do, do props. We don't do shout outs. There's nothing wrong with those things. But uh, we like to give a little bit of respect. Woo! Murph, Swaggy J, Mosh Nation. It's time for a little respect. You know, respect ain't bought, it ain't sold, it ain't demanded, it ain't negotiated, <laughs> it's earned. And without blowing smoke or giving shameless plugs, we want to say salute and much respect to the following folks. All right, we appreciate you. <laughs> that gets more intense every know, week. You're going to be like taking your shirt off and dancing around by the end of the season. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is it shirt time? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, dang it. Set him off, Uncle Mosh. We'll, we'll, we'll make a short out of it. <laughs> I do that for Michelle. She and she's not it. even in the chat. I know. She likes oh. it when I flash the tickle bass. 
right. All right. So we're going to give a little bit of respect here at the top of the show. So we got three people to give respect to, actually four. Um, but first off, I'd like to start off by giving respect to uh, a good friend uh, who is also a contributor to this network. And uh, for those of you that are waiting to, for us to talk about the Raiders, I promise you it's coming up soon. We got all the camp talk you're going to ever want to hear. Um, but we want to give respect to our buddy Rich Schmelter, who uh, I did a uh, really fun RFR conversation with uh, just this last week. It will be up right before uh, audio or on our audio channel right before this show. Nice. You can listen to it. Rich has got a new book coming out called The Championship Diaries, and it's oh. about the 1983 championship uh, Raiders. And so we look forward to, to, to playing that for you and look forward to you being able to get a chance to read that book. But here's something that I thought was fun is that as we all know, the greatness of the Raiders is in its future, but it's every once in a while, it's kind of fun to check into the past. And, uh, and so not, Rich and I were talking, and he mentioned that Kenny Stabler is his all-time favorite player. You too. As he is mine. And his all-time favorite play was in 1972 when Kenny Stabler ran in a touchdown to take a 7-6 to lead over the Pittsburgh Steelers <sighs> in what should have been a win for the Raiders, if not for the immaculate deception right, short right, to follow. Right. But anyway, so I pulled the highlight from, uh, from that run I want to play just because it's so fun to go back and listen to this. So anyways, much respect to Rich Melter. Hope you all enjoy the interview and enjoy this little uh, bit of a clip back to uh, 1972. Look like the play of the year for Oakland. With just 113 to play, Oakland had finally scored and gone ahead 7-6. Stabler had completed only 6 of 12 passes for 57 yards, but he had run 30 yards to what seemed like the play of a lifetime. The Steelers had given up their first touchdown in a month, and although the Raiders had been held their lowest point total in 29 games, it seemed to the Pride and Poise boys good enough to win. Unbelievable. Sweet. So Kenny only yes. throws for 50 yards against the, the, the Steel Curtain defense. The, the, the Steel Curtain hadn't surrendered a touchdown in a month. And here goes Stabler for 30 yards for a touchdown and what should have been On the bad knees. On ba Thank you. Yeah, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. So anyways. I was uh, watching that game with your uncle, your namesake, right? Yeah. And, and I'll never – I, I can see it. I'll never forget. And, he, and, and Murph's standing up and he's – and he screamed because you know he used to Murph, not me, Murph, Uncle Murph, Murph. your Uncle yeah. Murph, yeah, the one you got the name from. And he was was standing up in the living room, and, and we were at, all at your folks' house, and he's yelling, and he's got bad legs, he's got <laughs> bad legs, and he's standing up and he's pounding his knees, going, he's got bad <laughs> legs, he's got bad legs. Oh my god, I love it was that. So funny. Yeah, that's amazing. It was so funny. <laughs> that's amazing, man. Uh, Shout out, much respect to Uncle Murph, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Miss that guy, man. Miss him a lot. Um, all right. Next up, I want to give real quickly, I want to give respect to Scott Gobranson. Yeah. Um, he is the host of Silver and Black Today. And the reason that I want to give respect to him is that we can formally announce it uh, today because he's going to announce it on his show tomorrow. Uh, he's going to have a new guest on their newly formed Odyssey Sports show. Um, they are the official Raiders show of Odyssey Sports, and uh, and and so uh, still silver and black today. It's still Scott and Mo Moten, and post game. So within five minutes of the game being over, they're going to have a voice of the fan segment. Oh, sweet! Yeah, and it's me. Ah, yeah. so every so you can check That's out so awesome. silver and black today. So for every post game show they do, there'll be a little Murph segment, about a 15 minute segment. They're trying Wait. to get the raw emotion of a fan. And so they're going to get it. <laughs> and it, and post, if we lose to the chiefs, 
It ain't going to be good. It ain't going to be good because there might be some beverages influencing my comments. <laughs> you said a little Murph segment. Oh, hey. 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 We have, happen to have a little Murph. We happen to have a little Murph. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks to Monster Mash Ken. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so sh- uh, shout That's out so and cool. much respect to Silver and Black today. Congratulations, look- Murph. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And look forward to being part of uh, of, of those guys' show. And- Trinidad says, don't blow it, Murph. No, I'll try not to. <laughs> I'll try not to. I have am- said that to him before. <laughs> hey. Hey. All right. <laughs> so speaking of blown things, uh, let's go j- check in with uh, a blown call or a non-call. Yeah. And that is, uh, I want to give respect. Of- I- we give him respect all the time. This guy don't need extra from us, but. The boy Will Compton. He's our sure. buddy. He's, He's our boy. buddy. Um, we got some. Again, we mentioned we're going to do the tailgate with with Will and the busing with the boys crew, and uh, uh, and and so we want to give him respect because he pulled a soundbite from a guy that exposed the actual. I don't know, what, what am I or what am I trying to say here? It wasn't a conspiracy call. But it was definitely a bad call that cost the Raiders a playoff game. Ever heard that before? Right. Sure. Right? Speaking of the Immaculate Deception. Which, speaking which of year Rob, over the last 20 years? Right, exactly. <laughs> Rob Lytle's non-fumble. <laughs> like, whatever. There's been right. a million of them. So, last year in the playoffs, right before the end of the, of the first half, um, Joe Burrow rolls out and throws a pass to Tyler Boyd in the end zone right. for a touchdown. Bengals take the lead 20-6 to six over the Raiders and end up winning by a touchdown. So could be definitively the game-winning play there in the first half. I know there's a lot of football left after that, but sure, point sure. being, though, while the, and I went and studied this damn play like this is a Pruder yeah, film before I played crazy. this today. So when you see Joe Burrow rolling out, and he throws the ball, Trayvon Merrig is covering Tyler Boyd. Sure and is tracking him into the end zone. As the ball is in the air, Trayvon Merrick's head is, for those of you on the audio podcast, he's looking up and to the left, and his arms are coming up to play the ball. The whistle blows. His arms go down, and he stands up straight. The ball floats into Tyler Boyd's hands, Yep, catches it touchdown, right? Touchdown bang. Right, right, After right. a little deliberation. So at the time, C.J. Uzama is the tight end for the Bengals. Yeah, sure. And is also in the end zone with Tyler Boyd. He made an appearance on Bustin' with the Boys and listened to what Will, much respect, Will, listened to the comments Will was able to get out of C.J. Uzama. No, no, no. I, I heard the whistle as the ball was in the air. Like, as I'm looking. I was like, because the ball was thrown. Like, I mean, you hear it. He's putting the whistle in his mouth. He's not blowing it yet. He's blowing it, like, now. And I'm like, wait, what the hell? Like... I was a little premature. Like, did he know he was going to catch that right now? Like, what's going on? Yeah, you see me looking. I, I'm not like super hype at the moment because I'm. I don't know. Because you're thinking, oh, I don't know what the hell's going on. Touchdown. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know. That's all we needed. How about that? Crazy. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. Like, I, I know it doesn't. It doesn't fix it. I know we can't go back and change right, the score, right, win right. the game. I know that. And, you know, let's mention Rob Lytle's non-fumble. The refs came out afterwards and admitted to Madden, hey, we blew that one. Sorry. Right. After Jack Tatum made him fumble at the goal line. Like, right. So, th- I mean, so it doesn't fix it, but it's like, I think this is what it does for me. And, Mosh, I want to know what your opinion on, is on this because you went through all these crazy-ass conspiracy plays. What it does for me is at least it's like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, I know I'm not an overreactionary Raider fan. We really did get jobbed on this call. It, it, it's, it's the, uh, you go back to, uh, you go, because we love movies around here, we go back to uh, 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 when Harry met Sally, right? 
I mean, it's not one of our all-time favorites, even as far as chick flicks go. Sure. But Billy Crystal's a referee, right? He's a, he's an he's his character's an NBA referee in yeah, that. Yeah. And and it's and it's uh, uh it's 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 Kareem's the 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 scenarios. It's Kareem's uh, uh final. You know when he was announces he's going to retire, and so it's his farewell tour, right? And he's calling he's calling fouls on Kareem. And Kareem's like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like you, you don't call fouls on me, okay? We've all seen that, especially those of us that are, that were fans of of basketball. There's certain players you don't call fouls on. Oh, right, right, In right. Yeah. Football. There's certain quarterbacks that get the prima donna oh, Montana treatment. Montana was the king. Montana. I was just gonna say that, but I'm thanks sorry. for derailing I'm that so, hot dog. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Montana was it? You didn't. You didn't get within ten feet of Joe, or it was gonna be roughing the passer. You know that I guess that's what they used to call it back then. I don't know unintentional hits to the well, head. And now the grasp and all oh, that stuff. Whatever yeah, yeah. you know. Talk to talk to Joe Namath about getting thumped. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's people that are protected, and with people that are protected, there's people that get crap calls called on them that get called for everything. That's us. That's us. It's, we we live with it. We don't like it. That's why we got to win our games by three or four more touchdowns because two or three of them are going to get called back or reversed or discounted. So that's why we got to be and have always been better than everybody. That's why we should have all the Lombardi trophies. Amen. Because in one way or another, we were cheated out of them. So there it is. There you go. That's why the Raiders have more Lombardi trophies in actual reality than New England, Pittsburgh, uh, San Francisco combined. 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 We got like we got forty six. <laughs> <laughs> or should have. Or should have 46. Yeah, yeah should have 46. There you have there it. There you go. <laughs> Love it, Maj. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a damn truth. And here's the thing that I always say, too, is that, like, the difference, and I think we're, we're, we're encroaching upon this season now once again, is that the difference now is that the Raiders get jobbed and then didn't win games. Okay, like, so in the in the chat, an Eber Nation, that's our buddy Chuck's shout-out, Splatterhead uh, yeah, up there, the president of the New Jersey chapter of the Black Hole. My homies. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the you're a, uh, the official member there. Um, he said you still got to score in the red zone. We had four that shots true. at the ten yard line, and you know on fourth down, Carr throws short of the end zone. Like I, so, I hear that argument loud and clear. I definitely hear that, and and there's and it's valid. And this so again, this is what I always say is that like the Raiders have been getting jobbed forever, but they used to win through it. Like what you're saying. Correct. Like, okay, we just got to win by two we scores instead of one. We just got to win by two instead of by one. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, one more bit of respect to give real quick. And this is, I know this is like, you know, the, kind of the obvious one to hit here, but I, I, we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention it. And we've talked about this man on this show endlessly, and so I will save you the rant, but I will tell you this, and then I've got a really fun trivia question for you all. We want to give respect to Cliff Branch. Absolutely. Um, just such an amazing thing that he's finally getting inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow. Um, I cannot wait to watch the ceremony and can, can't wait to watch Mark Davis's speech. Um, it's sad that we lost Cliff in 2019 and here we're getting a posthumous induction, just like we did when, when Kenny passed away and we got his induction the year after. But we can't do anything about that, but they're at least doing the right thing now. But just in case you needed a reminder... 
Um, Cliff Branch played 14 seasons in the NFL and was the fastest man in the NFL for all of them. At 35 years old, he was still out running, even like a young Daryl Green. Uh, Receiving touchdowns, 67. Receiving yards, 8,600. Receptions, 500. The guy was 5'11", 170 pounds. uh, Coming out of Colorado, selected in the fourth round of the 72 uh, draft by the Raiders, where he spent 14 years. So we all know Cliff is fast. Well, yeah, because he, and he set an NCAA championship meet record with a 10-second 100-meter dash back in 1972. Um, but he quickly became a dominating receiver during the 70s. Breakout year comes in 74 when he leads the league with 1,092 receiving yards and 13 touchdowns. Gang, we had 14 games back then. Right. And he's, and he's uh, going for uh, 1,092 yards next season. Surpasses 1,000 receiving yards. Um, oh, the next season he passed 1,000 was in 76. He had 1,111. Uh, and again, for have two seasons of over 1,000 yards back in the day um, was crazy. Like and it, wasn't a, it wasn't a passing league. It wasn't a passing league. Come on. Mark Van Egan and Pete Banaszak and you know what I mean? Like all those guys, yeah. you know, uh, run the ball. Um, so Branch's career stats. This, we love career stats around here. 501 catches for 8,600 yards, as I mentioned, 67 touches in 182 games. He led the Raiders in receiving six times and in touchdowns five times. Five times. Five times. Five times. Five times. When he retired following the 1985 season, he held several Raiders team records among them. Longest reception for 99 yards. Um, most games with 22. Uh, most games, 22 with 100 or more receiving yards. Of course, we know what the Raiders did during that during that time that he played. Won three Super Bowls with the Raiders, uh, and he and he's recalled as one of the most uh, most prolific top season performers in twenty two playoff games, seventy three passes for twelve hundred yards. That's a seventeen yard average in the postseason. Both of those were NFL records at the time of his retirement. He scored five postseason touchdowns, uh, and two of them coming in the 27-10 victory over, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. He got the All-Pro nod uh, three times, and in four times, he was voted to the Pro Bowl. So, like, yep. absolutely crazy, the bona fides, that, uh, and, and long overdue. But that said, thankful Cliff Branch is going into the Hall of Fame. And here's the fun bit of trivia I've got for you guys. And this was tough. I had to sit and think about it for a while, and I came up with three. Well, the answer is that there is six. Cliff Branch is one of six Raiders to have all three Super Bowl rings. So, And he's the only wide receiver. So Cliff Branch played in all three of the Raiders Super Bowls starting in 76, and then, of course, in, in 80, and then uh, the, the championship team of, of 83, as we mentioned. You guys want to take a crack at who some of the other I'll players I'll go one, are? he goes one. Okay. Gene Upshaw. No. Only two. Wasn't there for 83. Art Shell? No. Only two. Wasn't there for Flores. 83. No. It was long gone. Well, because you don't count him as coach. Oh, okay. Right. But you're right. Flores has four rings. Right. So technically you're right. But, of course. But we're talking players. <laughs> Rod Martin. Good Good guess. Wasn't there early. Oh. I'm telling you, this is kind of tough. There's one that was like, oh, well, yeah. There's one big one in there. Actually, there's two big ones. I right, just give them to us. Shut up. We got to move on. Three right. hour show. Special teams player. Oh, Ray Guy. Oh, Ray Guy. Oh, Ray guy. There you go. Duh. All right. Yep. The Mad Stork. Oh, Ted Hendricks. no kidding. Ted was in three. Ted, Ted was in all three. Then you got a Double D, Dave Dalby, your center. He played in all three games. Henry Lawrence, 
Big man right tackle, although he didn't play in the 76 game. But he was on the roster. But he was on the roster. He's I think that was ring. George Beeler or something like that. Whatever they, what about he Lester got, Hayes? he got hurt. Nope, not Lester because he wasn't there for the early oh, ones. Oh, man. And then Steve Sylvester, who was a backup lineman, played on the Raiders for like eight years and was there for no all three wow. seasons. Never, didn't even know who he was. Yeah. So anyways, there. So anyways, fun little trivia. That's like some deep cut that Raider is. trivia questions. Like, if you know that stuff. Like, pull that out next time you're at a Raider bar. Yeah, no you know kidding. I mean? Who are the three players? Um, Schmelzer would have known. Schmelter would have damn known Absolutely off the top of his he head. All right, let's uh, let's hit an audio break what? here. No, you can't do that. What did I? What? What, what do you mean? Woo! <laughs> oh! You got to give some respect. I got to give some respect this past weekend, and we are remiss. The three of us are idiots because well, yeah. we had we had family stuff going on. You were out of town. You had to go pick up your son. Uh, I was being a slug. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, had his final match at 74 years old. Respect the Nature Boy. At, and he did it here locally. It was the night after the SummerSlam, which was at which was at Nissan. Yeah. And you know, with sixty thousand Compton front row. Yeah, there you go. You know, but the very next night in miserable uh, uh, municipal auditorium, (laughs) there downtown Nashville, and I forget the significance of it. Maybe he started early on in his career. Blah blah blah. He had it in. Everybody that's anybody in old school wrestling was there. Bret Hart was there. The Undertaker was there. Mick Foley was there. Everybody that that was friend or foe of the Nate was in Nate. town, and some of them didn't even attend SummerSlam. They were in wow. town for that, and it was it was it was a phenomenal match. It was a tag team match. N- you know, Nate. Of course, he got cut. You know, and, and, and they showed an interview <laughs> yeah. with him and, and, and one of the local interviewers from 25 years ago. And Nate's just standing there, and he's bleeding. It was afterwards, and he's got his, his blonde hair, and it's got blood in it. And then they showed the one from four nights ago, and he's standing there, the same guy. They're both a little thicker, a little older. Their hair's a little thinner. But Nate's white bleached hair has still got blood in it. Oh, nice, you know, nice. It was great. So, uh, you know, shout out to Nate, man. What a career. Anybody that's everybody that's ever watched wrestling knows the Nate and uh, – we're just thankful that he finished his career here in our hometown. Heck yeah, yeah man. That's awesome. Good one, Mosh. Much respect, nature boy. Woo! This is Raiders Fan Radio. I'm Brent Musburger, and I don't care who wins as long as it's the Raiders. So we have so much freaking uh, camp stuff to get to. Yeah. But as Jeff just reminded me so kindly, thank you. We got a game tomorrow. We play tomorrow, bro. Yeah. Play what? Oh, football. (laughs) Football. football. We play your 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 foosball. We play your foosball. So you know what's funny is that uh, uh, (laughs) – That just reminded me. So you 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 said talking about foosball reminded yeah. me of the water boy. Absolutely, I'm looking at Jeff who's got a black eye, and it reminded me of <laughs> Bobby Boucher. Did they ever catch that gorilla that punched you in your eye? <laughs> 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 no, Mama. Um, all right, so so we have a game tomorrow. So it's kind of funny. I don't know. If <laughs> <laughs> the switch continues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so damn funny. <laughs> 
So, um, so we have a game tomorrow. So it's kind of funny. So NBC. So for those of you that don't know, it is at seven p.m. Central, eight p.m. Eastern, and then do the rest of the math to figure out if, what you're going to do on the West Coast. Um, and so it's funny. So Sunday Night Football on NBC, they've been advertising it with the Sunday Night or the you know whatever their logo. It's Sunday Night Football, but it's Thursday Night whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hall of Fame game logo, and they've had Trevor Lawrence and Derek Carr. Well, now when you look at the advertisements. It's just Raider logo and Jaguars logo. Well, yeah. Because ain't nobody playing in this game <laughs> that's, that's, that's ever going to be a starter for this team. But, hey, it's, it is. Like Houston Raider <laughs> Steve's going to be there. I think he's going to suit up and play yeah. a couple series. <laughs> he might. <laughs> he might. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, he'll be the darling of the preseason. Yeah, Houston there Raider Steve will, yeah. Um, but anyways, but it's going to be fun. Hey, like, like you said earlier, it's still going to be silver and black football, uh, and it's going to be great seeing the Raiders out there. It just looks so good underneath the lights, and it's just like it's the first thing we're going to see this season. Like, I'm stoked. So on the heels of, of that game, or the preliminary of that game going, the Raiders released their first depth chart. Yes. And here's what I, I want to I throw out at you guys. I'm not going to go down the list of the depth chart, but we've had a lot of discussions with, with folks offline about kind of like who the starters are going to be and whatnot. I'm of the opinion, like, and I'll give you a couple of examples at least anyways of what I'm talking about. So like when we look at, um, when we look at the, the, the starting wide receivers, okay, you have Devontae Adams, then you have Mac Hollins, okay, on one side, and then on the other you have Hunter Renfro and Keelan Cole. Okay. My brain, though, goes, well, uh, Hunter Renfro is not going to play wide out. Nice He's going to play in a slot. So your starters are going to be Devontae Adams and Mac Hollins and then Hunter Renfro in, in the slot there, right? So like something like that. Or you look at like that guard, which apparently guard is the hot spot for Raider Nation to want to yeah. talk about on Twitter. But anyways, you got John Simpson on one at, at right guard. You got Lester Cotton. No, excuse me. You got John at left, Lester Cotton at right, and then you got Dylan Parham backing up John Simpson at left and Illuminor backing up Cotton at right. But if Parham, once he develops, he's going to be your starter. So, like, I look at these things and I'm like, the depth chart doesn't really matter. And and this is where I'm going to pose a question to you guys. And, Mosh, you were a coach for a long, long time. I'll give you one more example just to throw it out there. Trayvon Merrig and Jonathan Abram are your starting safeties. Then you've got Deron Harmon backing up Merrig and Roderick Teamer backing up Abram. When you've got a coach like Graham, who's going to do, he's already said, we don't have a 3-4. We don't have a 4-3. We don't have a 5-2. Yeah, he just says yes. He just says yes. We're going to play matchups. So every player on this roster is going to be a starter. Is there anything to even take from the depth chart? Because don't you feel like it's just going to be a carousel of players? 100%. But, you know, I, I always want to know, you know, I, I love I love this chart. Hit my camera there, Murph. I love this chart because it's, first of all, you can't see it on the camera. But the cool thing about it is I want to I go back. I wish I had them from years ago. And, like, highlight one or two of these guys that have stood out. You know what I'm saying? And, like, if we see them this week, it's kind of like, okay, will we see them the next week? Or will they already be gone? Who's going to be the one? Who's going to be the one on this damn list that goes, oh, everybody goes, oh. Like or, jumps. or who's going to be the one that, that comes back? Is is this finally the time when Abram comes home? You know, is this, is this who's going who's gonna to stand out? Who's going to make the big hit? Yeah, he's going to be making a big hit on somebody that's never going to play on the other team. But the point <laughs> is, right. you know what I'm saying? 
because they th- there has to be a reason for the game, and the and it's going to be okay. You ha- you may have somebody that had issues with certain skill sets, so maybe running routes, maybe coverage, maybe whatever. You're wanting to put them out there to see how they do. That's why he said it's a, it's about matchups. Okay, so if I've got a guy that's having that has potential that maybe I want to keep him like you said and maybe be the starter next year, but I want to see what he's learned in camp so far and what his matchups are, that's where I put him in. And so there's a lot to be learned from from preseason. We just it's like us just watching a, a, a practice. That's you know, basically it's what, what, it's what, it's what we're doing. Practice, it's, it's, yeah. You know, and the glorified here you go. The glorified practices are actually better because then they get the fighting and stuff. But this is this is this is for th- these games because there's so few. These games are are designed for the coaches and the the film people to get to see. Did they improve how I wanted them to improve? Did they learn what I was teaching them? Is there possibilities? Is are we capable of taking them to the next level, or is this their swan song? See you bye. Absolutely. You know, know, and you're going to get the darlings of preseason. You're going to get the Chris Warrens. You're going to get the whatever player jumps out. You know, and there's a lot of. And everyone will be heartbroken when they get cut and all that kind of stuff. Because you're going to have some running back that's going to be going off for 100 yards a game. But guess what? He's going off against, you know, fourth tier players. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, but but in terms of like the way that it's structured, Swaggo, anything jump out at you there? Any thoughts? Well, you know, and I was kind of thinking the same thing when you read that stuff as Aaron the Q Dog Raider in the chat. He said, finally, we have roster depth. Like, I mean, how fun is that to like when you say, oh, well, he's backing up this guy like, oh, well, that guy started for us last year and he's the backup. You know what I mean? Or just just stuff like that. But uh, I'm 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 interested to see, like you said, the defense is running different looks and stuff like that. But McDaniels does the same thing on the offensive side of the ball, too. So when I said that everyone on the team is going to start, I'm not that far off because, you know, one week. You know, Brandon Bolden's going to be the starter. One week, you know, uh, Harmon's going to start because it's, you know, because they're running a different defensive package and stuff like that. So these guys are working together, and it's going to be really cool. But uh, but I'm interested to see, and we talked about it a little bit at lunch, is uh, I wonder if we see Parham under center. That's what tomorrow. I'm – I think so, too. I think he's going to be your starter maybe even. Yeah. You yeah. save Andre James. You, you put Parham in there. You put the young man in there. Yes. We've already got – who is it? It's Cotton and freaking Simpson are your starting guards. So. Right. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised, or at least maybe like he'll play one series or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why not? Why you're, not? You're not going to see Derek Carr. No. You're not going to see Devontae Adams. You're not going to see Chandler Jones. You're not going to see Max Crosby. You're not going to see Rocky Sin. You're not going to see maybe even Anthony yeah. Avery. You might see a little Anthony Avery. But like you're not going to see a lot of these players. But I, I love the idea, like what you brought up, is that like your starters are going to be based on your situation. You know, if it's first and, and you know, first and 10 from your own 20. Demarcus Robinson might be your your starting whiteout opposite Devontae Adams. But if you're in the red zone, guess what? It's Mac Hollins. Right. It's the guy that's 6'4 and can body anybody up. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it, 100%. So I think it, it's just going to be completely situational. So. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. you got to remember, these these games are designed to be tryouts. These this is that's what That's what you're doing in camp. You're teaching skill sets. You're improving skill sets. You're adapting to your your type of game, and then you're seeing how they execute. So maybe they're going to put that guy in there, or maybe they're going to say, "What can the undersized guy do?" You know, sure. I mean, look at look at third and Renfro. You yep. know, I mean, come on, you yeah. talk about undersized, yeah. but 
but plays six foot ten. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, right. seriously. Totally. Right. So these these are these are auditions, if you will. These are tryouts, if you will. They're going to put these guys in and and doing a lot of situational ball and seeing how are they going to step up. How, you know, are they doing the play? Are they doing what's expected of them? So you know, it, it, a win is great, and yes. The scoreboard really does matter for us, not necessarily at this point for them, because they're having. This is this is the first big round of roster cuts coming up. Oh guys. yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. they have to see what they can see. You know, uh, that sounded redundant, but it but it's yeah, true. But it's true. If they but got, it's true. They, they You're got, absolutely right. Well, and you, I'm interested. To, oh, sorry. You go no, ahead. you go. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see what uh, what running backs are going to come out because we have 87 of them. So you know, so it's gonna it's gonna be. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna see Jacobs. You're you're probably you're not gonna see Kenyon Drake, but we're probably gonna see a good little bit of Zeus. We'll I probably so. we'll probably see some Zeus. We'll see some. We'll see probably a little bit of Brandon Bolden. But I think we're gonna see a lot of Britton Brown. Britton Brown, man. Britton Brown. So you know, a seventh round guy. You know, fighting for a spot. You know, more than likely with our running back heavy roster. He'll probably be like a practice squad guy or something like that this first year. But you never know. I mean, that's what this is all about. You know, know. And who's, funny. You mentioned that swag. Sorry, Murph. You mentioned that swag that, that we finally have depth. Well, we've always had depth. We've always had this roster. We've always had the last few years. We've always had, you know, 157 people. <coughs> excuse me. 157 people on the list. But now it's names that... That, got, that we were a fide with. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. It's got it's names that can do something. It's names that have proven themselves. Exactly. It's names that actually mean something other than just, oh, who's that guy? Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We recognize more of the original roster. Right. You right. Know? Who's right, the right. who's the guy that's speaking of seventh round picks? Who's the guy that's getting a lot of run at guard? Speaking of that, is a Thayer Munford. Yes. That was the other Munford. seventh round pick uh-huh. that we got. Man, so so far, and I know we didn't get our first pick until the third round uh, when we took Parham, but man, so far this draft, I mean, again, it's it's camp practice. Yeah, Don't they haven't it. seen not, the field yet. I'm not but. getting crazy, but I mean, he, these younger, younger. Well, they're all, of course, they're all young. But like the lower round drafted guys are getting first and second team reps, which you don't see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone's high on these guys. So anyway, so it should be fun. Um, I'm excited for Madden to come out because when Madden comes out, then I get to play and I get familiar with everyone's numbers. Yeah, like I hate it. Like in these early preseason games, I'm watching. I'm like, okay, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Because they don't know what a lot of their numbers right, are. Right, so right. when Madden comes out, then I get familiar with all their numbers. And then, so yeah. <laughs> but um, but anyways, anything else in particular well, you guys de- are looking the defen- for? The defensive line. I'm interested to see if Butler's going to play uh, from Tennessee. He was our, well, well, I think, fifth or sixth round guy. Speaking of that, we drafted two tackles. Yeah, in the, in the yeah. Draft so we'll year. see both of those guys. You know, I mean, ev- and you know, Butler. everyone was calling for for Sue or whatever in the off season or whatever. I'm interested to see what these guys can do. That's and you going. know, everyone wants Phylon to come back and all that kind of stuff. And I loved that guy too. But you know, we. Drafted a couple of studs. I mean, Butler had like like double digit sacks from the interior for Tennessee last year. Like he was no joke. That's so, awesome, man. you know. So let's see what happens. That's awesome, man. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's absolutely. Definitely gonna be fun. Absolutely. All right, guys. Let's hit a break. Uh, chat room. Let us know what you're looking for uh, tomorrow in the game. David Boyd is in there. Lee B is in there. Full Metal Mexican, Ray Love, Cody Thompson is in there. Aaron the Q Dog Raider, uh, Tyrone Graves, Corey Flex. So many of our good friends. We appreciate you. Oops. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby.
So speaking of uh, of guards, uh, as as we jump in here, we're going to hear him here in just a second. We're going to hear from Lester Cotton. But Mosh, when I was doing some of my show prep tonight, um, I know we signed Lester Cotton to play guard last year. He was an undrafted free agent, didn't play much. Yeah, I didn't realize he won two championships at Alabama, and he blocked for Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. Like, that's so cool. That's kind of cool. That's a stud. That's a stud, like, right? You know what I mean? So, and you wonder why a guy like that doesn't get drafted. I know, right? Because he went undrafted. He's 6'4", 335. And, and quick as a cat. Yeah, and from Tuscaloosa. He's actually a local Alabama <laughs> yeah. kid. Like, Anyways, uh, yeah, look forward to it. So he's, he's rising the charts uh, in terms of what the coaches are seeing out of that young man. And we're going to hear from him in a minute. First, let's hear from all of them. Uh, the Raiders had their first day in pads the other day, and uh, so let's check in with the Raiders. These are always my favorite cuts. These are, these are the best. We got a lot of mic'd oh. ups and stuff to get to. Uh, yeah, and these are cool. So let's check in with the Raiders. They come out of the locker room, and they're in Henderson for the first day. Hey, another beautiful day of paradise. It's Christmas all over again. First day of pads. Finally got these pads on real football about to happen. Feel great out here. Ain't too hot. A little bit of clouds out here. Lord bless us on this good day. I was like, I'm excited, man. Ready to rock and roll. We hitting it, eh? Let's go, let's go. Okay, stand up, bring up. Hey, come on. There's only one way we do things around here. Let's go. We on three. One, two, three. Go. Hey, I go. Hey. Hey. Love that sound. Oh, fire me up, man. Love that sound. Gosh, that's, that's so, so freaking, freaking awesome. good, man. You know what? And, and props to NFL Films and whoever else is putting these things together. Like, back in the old days, you'd have, like, good mic. And they've been miking people up. There was a... For years. I'll never forget the... What was it? The the violent world of Sam Huff or something like that back in the day. Like, there was a lot. They've been doing this forever. But, like, the clarity and the impact and the dynamic range of the sounds, like, I just... Freaking awesome, man. It's like, I, I love this stuff. All right, so, um, so again, we're going to do a lot of offensive line theme going on tonight. Um, speaking of national champions and played in actually in that game, I believe, against Alabama, was John Simpson, who is your de facto starting guard now uh, with the retirement of Denzel Good. And so uh, John Simpson steps up, and uh, John Simpson was mic'd up at practice. And so let's check in with, with John. And the other voice you hear in this is Lester Cotton. That's a good day to have a great day, guys. Hey, Mike, check one, two, one, two. That's yeah. Lester. Talk to him. Mike, check one, two, one, two. Okay, okay. What you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. We got bars. What's up, baby? Bars. <laughs> you always say, take me out to dinner. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be a lot of heavy breathing today. Hope they're ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Running and groaning. 
Actually, feels pretty good out here today. Sounds like me in a long time. I was about to say, it sounds like you and me on every show. <laughs> Won't be eight degrees on much longer, I promise. Yep. Let's get it. Mic check. Mic check. The mic on? We're worried about the mics, boys. <laughs> uh, As a coach, Bro, I hate that. He got a team living a life. All right, there you go. So, John Simpson and Lester Cotton there. Uh, mic'd up. All right, so there's the players. Let's check in with a coach. This is always one of my ah. favorites. So, uh, Jeff, do you know off the top of your head what the name of our uh, our offensive line coach is now? I do not. Where in the world is Carmen Brasilio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. So let's check in with our. <laughs> with I our, love that. Do that one more time. Do it one more time. Uh, okay. Where in the world is Carmen Brasilio? <laughs> 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 that is so funny, dude. <laughs> You're so stupid, Murph. <laughs> oh, that's so damn funny. Uh, all right, so well, he, he's at practice in Henderson. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I have no idea, guys. No, that's the best part. Well, first off, it's like I'm always standing in a well when I stand next to you guys. So it's not like they're going to see me. Like, we huddle up. It's like, where'd Carm go? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Back group up, back group up, back group up. We're red zone, probably headed in. Where we headed, coach? Back up, but we're not in. Back up. I got you, man. I got you, man. Sounds like an auctioneer. Good. Yeah. Finish yeah. strong, good hands. Good eyes. Here we go, John. Here we go, John. Here we go, John. Good communication now. Good communication. He'll tell you what it is. I like you jogging, gentlemen. Keep working. You've already made Twitter. You're already famous. <laughs> let me get 10, let me get 10, we get a five, 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 five. Sounds like an auctioneer. Sold to the man in black and silver. <laughs> oh my gosh. So good there. So good stuff there from uh from our offensive line coach, Carmen Brasillo. All right, now let's go to the uh let's go to the, the to the conference room and let's uh let's check in with Again, speaking of the offensive line, what does Derek Carr think about the way the offensive line is developing so far here in camp? Yeah, I think that Carm and Cam are doing a great job of pushing the physicality with them. I think that um, they're really, you know, I, I hate using that term all the time, but it really is what they're doing. They're, they're really working hard in their individual because uh, when they get to us, I mean, they're grinding, you know, and they're taking what they learn in the individual and the one-on-ones and boom. Huh. In the group and doing it in team, huh. and Learning. I think that they're huh. doing they're doing some really good things. Skill set. Where have I heard you that? Give credit to the to the players for their for their effort, but to our coaches because they've really, I, I'd say not it's not an emphasis; it's their job. But like they've really been, you know, not hard on them, but they're they're demanding and they're going after it and they're working and our players are receiving it, and so it's been it's been good. So um, it doesn't guarantee anything, but you know, I have seen them, you know, getting after it and doing some really nice things. All right, there it is. So this what I like. Uh, what I um, well, I like a lot of things about what Derek had to say there. Of course, he's always positive about everything. Yeah. One of the things I think is that I learned in recent history, and it was when we started hanging out with the Bustin guys and really paying attention to their show. And, of course, it's not only hosted by Will Compton, but uh, Taylor Lewan, starting left tackle for the, for the Titans. And he said something in, in, on one of their shows one time that has just resonated with me the whole time, or for, since then. And that is, I always, and I think a lot of fans, are under the assumption that an offensive line has to gel, that they have to have chemistry amongst them. Totally. That there has to be, like, a thing. 
But when Taylor talks about playing offensive line, he doesn't agree. He says it's interchangeable. We're all pros. Everyone knows and should know their assignment. If you're going to be on the line next to me, I'm going to already assume you know what the hell you're doing. We don't need to have individual or, or whatever chemistry because you're going to already know what the hell to do. So if, if we're a fully functioning offensive line group, everyone knows their assignment. The five of us that are starting the game don't have to have some special chemistry. And that was very eye-opening to me because I was always under the assumption, of course, and I only ever played high school football and coach youth football. I never ascended to the levels of the NFL, clearly. But, like, that was very interesting to me that, like, when you get to professional football, it's professional football. You should damn know your thing. We don't have to have this, like, long-term relationship to, like, quote, gel. You ever – what are your thoughts on that, Mosh? <clears throat> at, at, at the level that you're talking about, when you – one of the things that I taught as a coach, as a director, as, as a, the leader of many, many teams is that – I want my people to get along. I want my people to be cohesive. I want my people to work as a unit. I want my people to to g and haw because I want my people to be bitten by the bug. I want my people to excel. I want my people to want to learn to be better, whether it's on stage, whether it's on the sporting field, whether it's on the track, wherever it is. That's the difference. I want them to say, "Oh, I need to be I need to bust my ass for my buddy Jeff over here so we all look good together." Okay? At the professional level, it's I need to bust my ass so that I can feed my family. You know, and I know that he's a pro and he's going to do his part or he's going to be gone cuz the next guy because down goes Bledsoe, in comes Brady. You know, the next guy's going to step up and he's going to be doing his job. That's the big difference. They have attained as high as they can get professionally or on the in the big scope, scope of things. So they they are the best of the best. And and they have to play like the best of the best. They don't have to get along. They don't have it, it's it's nicer. It makes a better working right, environment. Right, right, right. But by the same token, the three of us can do a show and not like each other. But on the on the air, we're pros, and it comes across that we do. There have been plenty of them. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis barely spoke at the end. There have been plenty of teams that didn't like each other, that didn't get along. But what they accomplished in their professional realm was outstanding. So I totally agree with Taylor. But I understand what you were saying with at the high school level and what we've coached. Right, right, we right. Have, we have a different reason for getting them to do. First of all, we don't want it to be fun, but we want it to be enjoyable. We want right, them. To, right. We want them to want them. When we coached little league baseball, we wanted them to go to the next level. We wanted them to stay with us and go to coach pitch because you know we taught them how to catch gunners. We taught them where to throw the ball. We wanted them to go to the next level where it's kid pitch. We wanted them to maybe try out for their high school team and maybe maybe get a scholarship in college and, and get a draft and follow to the you know with the freaking A's or something so they can come back and buy us a car. We wanted them. <laughs> We we really did. We want them to excel. We want to see them surpass what level we had and be bitten by that bug and go for it. But 
man, once you hit that top level, you have now have a responsibility to yourself, and you got to be the best you can be. So I totally agree with Taylor on that. So Jeff, so thank you, Uncle Mosh. And so you know what Mosh is saying there—that it, it, it get to the top level, you don't need that chemistry, and that he doesn't like you. Thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I feel that every time he hits my ass with a baking sheet. You know, yeah, I feel that for sure. Um, you know, but I think the point that I wanted to make there, and yeah. I and I and, and I'm with you guys. I agree with both with what both of you guys are saying. You know, but I think kind of what Taylor said right there is, yes, we're all professionals. I don't need to worry about. I expect that he's yep. going to be yep. doing what yep. he's going to be doing. But I think the difference with that a little bit is that yes, you don't have to gel, and you expect that he's going to do what he's going to do. But when you gel and when you have chemistry you know what he's gonna do right and right. i think that's the difference where you can expect him to do it and maybe he will and maybe he won't but if you know that he's gonna do it because you guys have worked together and you're gelling and you and he knows what you're gonna do too i don't know i think that's a little bit better but you know but i get everyone's point well you know, and, and there's a well, let me just jump in with this real quick too and like and bring it back to the raiders the all-time greatest left side of an offensive line in the history of ever was Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, and in the middle is, oh, yeah, Dave Dalby, the guy that won three Super Bowls with the Raiders. Like, when you talk about, like, you can't tell me. Now, I know they were all world athletes. I know they were all world talents that surpassed what the average tackle or guard or even center would do in the NFL, but you can't tell me that Shell and Upshaw playing side-by-side side for all those years didn't improve their ability to be effective. You know what I mean? Because like, like Upshaw tells stories about like him and Shell would be standing up there looking back at Kenny, who would be just, well, left-handed. He'd just be standing there flat-footed, and, and Shell, or Upshaw would tell him, hey, Snake, dance around a little bit or something. Like, because they would just have him so protected, he could just make a freaking sandwich back there. Because there was nobody getting anywhere close to him. A sandwich. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it, 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 and and what you're saying, I, it, we all know the movie School of Rock with Jack Black, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. So he's got the kid, the guitar, the 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 guitar uh, kid that was that was the you know aficionado there at at eleven, and he's playing the guitar, and he's and he's going through the notes, and Jack Black comes up to him and goes, "Dude." Put a little bit more into it, oh, and he's yeah, like, yeah. "What? You, I'm playing the notes you told me." He goes, "Yeah, but you're not feeling it." He's yeah, like, "You know, get a rock yeah, and roll yeah, stance." Yeah. You know, bam, bam, bam. You know, and that's the difference when when Art Shell and Gene Upshaw were on the line. They were bam, bam. Oh, I love it. They Mosh. weren't just playing the notes. They weren't just hitting their blocks. Oh, that's you know what awesome. I mean? That is awesome. Well, well put. Appreciate that, Uncle Mosh. All right, um, uh, man, those guys were so freaking awesome, man. I, I, we could sit around and talk about the past. We probably needed to do it. Well, we do have another show. It's called Silver and Black Flashback. And, and, <laughs> yeah, our buddy, and a guy that knows more about the Raiders hosts it. And so check him out because he talks about all these classic Raiders uh, from the past. And it's here on the network. All right. Um, so uh, one, of the, listen, one of the hottest stories of last year yes, was, was what? Well, it was the flow. It was the flow. It was Derek Carr's lettuce up top, man. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. And, and so, of course, we know that Swag Jeff's uh, third best friend, A.J. Cole, w had mm -hmm. egged on Derek to grow his hair out. Sure. Because A.J.'s famous for having the, the, the flow himself. Uh -huh. And so he was asked in uh, at the press conference here what Derek Carr not only thought about the offensive line, but what he thought about the long hair coming back. Nah. Nah. Like, A.J. AJ asked me every day. He's like... You know, hair is supposed to go the other way. Yours keeps getting shorter. And I was like, AJ, I think that that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so there's so no more uh, no more. What, what, what was the guy? What's your Mar, guy? Mar from Home Alone. Yeah, you're Mar from Home Alone. So Swag put up a freaking uh, a yeah. side by side of Daniel Stern from Home Alone and Derek. <laughs> and they look about the same when Derek's kind of grown out. Um, I hate people that look like people from the Raiders. <clears throat> you're not a big Daniel Stern fan? No, I was. No, you're a Rob Ryan guy. Rob Ryan. Oh. Sorry, I'm a little slow. Jack Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, Les, I mentioned him before. I mentioned we were going to hear from him. Let's check in with Lester Cotton. Uh, he's there at the podium and talking about the offensive line. Um, you got a room full of guys that's, uh, that's very talented and very smart, and uh, they compete each and every day. And um, no, no starter is, like, guaranteed on the line. Because uh, Coach Carm and Coach uh, Josh, they make they make that clear every day, and so we go out there every day and we just put our best foot forward and we we compete with each other. It's a brotherhood. Like it's, it's not like no you know ill will towards no one. Like we all like together because you just never know who will be on the side of you. So we just go forward. I, that's kind of a perfect summary of what we've been talking about. You don't we're we're all a brotherhood. And you don't know which guy is going to be lined up next to you. So it's about the the larger room and not about the five on the line that are going to start the game. So uh, anyways, so appreciate that from Lester Cotton. And I, I'm becoming a big fan of this guy. I know I know it's camp. We'll see where this the whole thing goes for him. But, you know, considering his track record in college and the way that we did a study, and I'm not going to bring it all back up again, but just know this. We did a study where we pulled some numbers about the success of offensive linemen. And when we looked at the last five Super Bowl winning teams, those 25 offensive linemen, we looked at where they came from. And they were all developmental guys for the most part. They, none of them were like signed high, or, you know, like drafted in the first or second round and had been with the team for four years. None of them were like that. They were all developmental guys or they were guys that were acquired in free agency that were developed somewhere else. So maybe that's the direction we're seeing going for, for Lester Cotton. And, and I'm here for it, man. That's, well, and, that's you know, awesome. and when we talked about how everyone, you know, everyone hated Colt Miller the first, you know, first right. year he was here, you know, but instead of cutting his ass or going to get somebody else, we let him train and develop and stuff like that. And now he's our freaking anchor on our offensive line. But see, but that, that's where the coaches saw something in the guy. They, and, and, and the things that they worked with on him where he improved. And that's what, that's what they want. You know, they, when you've got somebody that's that young and you can develop in them and they can take direction, they can take orders, they can, they can do what they have to do, then there it is, man. You can't ask for much more than that. Absolutely. Appreciate that, Mosh. It's Serena Martell in the chat room there. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat room. Says, Uncle Mosh looks related to Rob Ryan. He actually is Rob Ryan. Like, yeah, well, is, I, I just co- I just commented back on it and, and said, well, we've never seen him together in the same room. Never well, so. we and you never will. And you never will. <laughs> but watch for me on the sidelines. So how's the, how's coaching the defensive line going, Coach? It's not bad. It's <laughs> not bad. We're, we're getting where we need to be. We've got some things that we need to move around, and we've got some some different folks that we need to put into positions to uh, to get where they need to go. But uh, after that... You're gonna see some. You're gonna see some real excitement out there. You're gonna see some head banging, some smashing. It's gonna be crazy out there this year. Just taking it one day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. It's all we can ask for. <laughs> I can't wait to see you sign autographs in Vegas. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. 
<laughs> you and me and Capo got beers that one night in, in Nashville. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Nice, yeah, nice. absolutely. And They're that like, guy's still bragging about he's that. Still autograph. bragging about it. He's like, oh wow, it was so nice to meet you, Coach. <laughs> That's awesome. So so Jack Kenna in the chat uh, with a two dollar yeah. donation to the One Nation Foundation says, I'm going to correct you. Shell Upshaw and Auto. I, I agree. I, I agree with him. I agree with him for that year. For that year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then Dalby was there for the for the three Super Bowl games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the two of those, so you get in, the one in '76, the one in '80. You get Shell, Upshaw, and Dalby together yeah. on the line there. So, but appreciate the super chat. And in fact, he 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 posted in there said, "Are you guys going to read my super chat?" Now yes. we did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that donation. One hundred percent of that money is going to go, of course, to the One Nation Foundation. All right. So next up. Uh, let's hear from Hunter Renfro, who is, uh, my gosh, man. If you don't get a kick out of Hunter Renfro, my gosh. I don't know what, what to tell you. Because it, Hunter Renfro yeah. has all the money that Derek Carr doesn't have. <laughs> Hunter's got all the money. And so we, we, we covered a story uh, not long ago about how when Hunter got paid and Foster Moreau took him to the airport, he was riding coach like in the middle of the plane, right? So today, Devontae Adams puts out a uh, like an Instagram or Twitter post or whatever, and he just wrote, Hunter is no longer in charge of getting us Ubers. So Hunter is like 5'11", right? <laughs> Devontae Adams is 6-whatever. Yeah. Matt Collins is 6'4". Derek Carr is 6'2", right? Right, right, right. Big they're, guys. They're in the smallest of Ubers, <laughs> and Devontae <laughs> goes over and shows Hunt. Hunter's knees are up like this, and then he goes over to Derek. Derek is dying. Matt Collins' knees are literally in his chest, and it was like, uh, leave it to Hunter to get the smallest Uber they can. You know, there is a such thing as Lyft XL, which could have put all of their big oh, asses in the thing. funny. It was so freaking funny, man. This, uh, if you go, t- it's all over Twitter. It's, hey, it, yeah, it's it the just, best. It posted right before we went live tonight. Yeah. Um, but it's great. And you know what I love about that? And just real quick digression here. One of the things I think is so fun about that is that you show how lighthearted, and speaking of chemistry, where I do think it's important, regardless, quarterback and wide receiver, there you got Derek Carr who's stuffed up in the back of this little Uber with his three wide receivers, and they're all laughing and busting chops and like yeah. getting a big kick out of freaking Hunter Renfro not being able to schedule a good ride. Absolutely. For, for multi, multi millionaires. Yeah, where he could have hired somebody to drive his Bentley to the airport <laughs> yeah, exactly. and meet him. Right, exactly. <laughs> so funny, man. Exactly. So, anyways, I just I just love this version of the Raiders, man. I, it's I it's love awesome. That. I love that. Hey, before you jump into yeah, that next, that next sound bite, uh, yeah. Jack Kenna with another $2 donation said Otto is the best center in Raiders history uh and then uh ebony graves jumps in uh 20 donation to the oh, one nation foundation thank you, Ms. says ebony. just popping in school's getting busy and has me uh has me so busy but i still wanted to show my support hey paul raider hey, let's go <laughs> let's go we appreciate uh of course miss ebony and her husband tarone look forward to seeing you guys uh when you get up here for the raider game yeah. in nashville as the raiders take on the titans it's going to be awesome. And, so the, uh, the folks on the on the uh, yeah. the folks on the radio can't see our chat, but it's pretty funny because uh, Ebony and Tyrone they're married, they're a couple, and so she does she she's in the chat and she's saying stuff, and then Tyrone goes, "Hey, bae, 
And then, and then, and then Ebony goes, "Hey, boo!" You know, like, what, are, are you guys sitting right next to each other on the couch texting? You know, which is so funny. And we've done that. You before. and I have done that before too. With family members, we'll, be, we'll be sitting there talking smack against our freaking family members, and they they don't even know that we're sitting next to each other plotting this shit out before we sit hit the send button. Ah, so funny. All right, next up, let's so let's so speaking of Renfro and Devontae. Uh, let's take him back onto the field and out of the little the little freaking Mini Cooper that, that Hunter stuffed him in. And uh, let's hear about how they're 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 snugged into this little car, but when they're on that uh, fifty three and a half yard wide field and it's a hundred yards long, Devontae is going to open it up. Devontae is going to open up the field for everybody, him and Waller, and you know Brian certainly. Let's not gloss over that segue. Come Same, on, one more man. Time, one more time. That was, one more time. That was pretty solid. No, one come more on, time. One go, more time. Let's go. I mean, when the, you know, when it, when, when, I can't even do it again. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you take away the compact nature of a Honda Civic, and then when you stuff three guys that are almost or over six feet tall, and the, and just the the the, the uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? The confined <laughs> nature of being stuck into a little ass the sardine esque the sardine esqueness to the field, <laughs> the hundred yards of green grass that populate the floor of Allegiant Stadium, and how Devontae Adams is going to not constrict it. He's going to open it up. Devontae's going to open up the field for everybody. Him and Waller and, you know, Brian. We're so stupid. DeMarcus <laughs> like Robinson, Matt Collins, brought in a bunch of, of good players. And so, you know, just having him um, as the best receiver in the NFL is really going to elevate all of us. It's going to elevate all of us on a game day basis. In practice, he's one, you know, he's not taking reps off. He's going to go out there and practice hard. And so every day watching him, you know, puts on in a blend cycle or, you know, having a good route is going to challenge me and be like, you know, if he can do it, man, I want to go do it. I want to I want to be like him. And so um, just having the uh, a guy of that caliber on your team to trade notes with and just look at every day um, is going to be special for me. And I'm going to soak it up. Oh, my for gosh. Love fest. I know. Right. I love it. So it's great. So you got this, you know, you have all this like, you know, chemistry in the offensive line. You got this chemistry with the running chemistry with the running backs. You got chemistry with the wide receivers. Um, Let's go the other side of the ball. Let's check in with the cornerbacks and let's uh, let's hear from Nate Hobbs on the chemistry in the cornerback room. It's all love in that room and everybody has a high motor. Everybody wants everybody to win in there. And we all got a work ethic. I feel like. Um, that as far as my perspective, I haven't seen like that's unmatched. Like everybody in there wants to put in extra work. Everybody in there, who, whoever can get a snap is going to hop up. So I just feel like that's working in our favor. All right. So there's another example, Jeff, of where I think this depth chart is kind of funky. So you got Nate Hobbs there, who's again, he's talking about how everybody's working hard. Of course yeah. they are. Um, Nate Hobbs is listed as your, as your cornerback number two opposite of Rocky Sin. Okay. We've talked a lot that. There you go. He's going to be your starting slot, slot corner. corner. And who do you think is going to be opposite of of Rocky Sin? Uh, oh shoot, I'm having uh, is it Anthony, Anthony Averett. Averett. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah, Anthony Averett. Yeah, because yeah, Trayvon Mullen's going to be hurt. Well, <laughs> well, it's funny, and I know that you're being uh, silly, but you know what? When you look at this depth chart, Trayvon Mullen is behind Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson, Cravon LeBlanc, and then there he is. He's only yeah. ahead of Br- Bryce Cosby and Sam Webb. But that's where he should be, though. He's where he should be. Because he's playing up back up from injury? Yes. Well, fair enough. You know? 
Fair he's got to keep him off the field so he won't get hurt. He's got to. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he has to work to get to those spots. He's got. Well, he's, that's a good you point. You know, he's Mosh. got. He's got to bring that back. You. Your name, I like that, Mike. I do too. You know, that's a good point. Recognition is yeah. only going to get you so far, guys. Yeah, you're right. You're yep. right. You know, and, and that's good job the, getting drafted in the second round. But you know, hey, and you know, you got to pay your yeah, dues and yeah, get back up. Yeah, get get up there where you. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. That's show a, us you, what you got. Do you think? Okay, so coach, speak. Do you think that's a message to him, or does uh, I, that something that he already knows I, long I before this thing know, comes out? I don't know how many mind games are played at this level. Okay, I think it's just clear. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's uh, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta make it or break it, bro. You know, you 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 either are or you aren't, and and it's you know, uh, I I've told I've told the the story before when I cast a show because I you know I I I, I got to take things back to what I know, and when I cast a show, and if I've had people complain, well, how come I didn't get that lead? Well, okay, well, who are you better than? You tell me where you need to go. You oh, you wanted to be the lead. Are you better than this person that was that was you know phenomenal? Okay, then then let's call them and say you know you're in, you're out. Well, I'm not really better. Well, then shut up. You know. Yeah, so, and if you're hurt, you're not better yeah, than anybody. Yeah, so if if you can't do it for my team, then 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 I don't need you. You know, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry because I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the 11 best people out there that I got, and then I'm gonna have their backups ranked. You know, absolutely. That's great. Great point. A great point there about Trayvon Mullen. Of course, we're rooting for him. Oh my gosh! I hope. Yeah, I hope he, I hope he balls I mean? out. And I'm kind of just making up. jokes about you know, but he's age, he's hurt. He gets hurt like every game or every other game. You know, and but when he's in. He does great, you know. He's, I mean, I mean, solid corner. But you know, we need you to stay healthy, we dude. Need you to stay healthy, and Make it's right not choices. like we don't have good players ahead of you, right? You know what I mean? Like we we mentioned those three right there uh, with Hobbs, who we just heard from, of course, who we're huge fans of. I mean, he's after even just a rookie year, he's already threatening to be one of the best slot yep. corners in yep. the league. Yep. And then you got Anthony Averett and Rocky Sin. So it's not like we're like sitting around going, "Oh man, I hope." Mo-. And this was your point earlier. We now we have depth and we have names at depth. So now it's exactly. not like, wow, I hope he makes it back because if we don't, we're screwed. Now it's like, well, I hope he makes it back because we're rooting for him. But if he doesn't, eh, we got other guys too. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So anyway, so good stuff there. All right, let's uh, let's hit a quick sound bite here, and then uh, let's jump into some some fun camp stories. Gold hey, Koch, former nice. Los Angeles Speaking Raiders. Of yeah, back hair. in the old days, baby. <laughs> And you're listening to Murph and Uncle Moss, who happens to have and Swaggy the same hair as me. Yes, Check I do. Raiders Fan Radio. So before we uh, before we jump into the next segment, I did want to give a uh, shout out and respect to uh, Wyoming Raider, our buddy Wyo, with a ten dollar donation to the One Nation hey, Foundation. Hey, yeah, thank you, Wyo. Appreciate you. Who else is in there, Swag? Uh, yeah, we got uh, David Boyd's in there. Uh, Dead Raider, Anthony Provencio. Paul is in there. Paul? Uh, uh, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider's in there. Lee B, Fox and Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Full Metal Mexican's Full in metal? there. Full Metal? Full Metal Mexican? <laughs> Jesse Cardenas is in there. Jesse? Uh, yeah. yeah. Len- Lencho's in there. Kill Jadis is in there. Dick Vitale's in there. Hey, hey, baby! He's Le- a diaper dandy, dipper room! <laughs> Lencho's in there and, and also gave a, a $10 donation oh, to One Nation man. Foundation Thank as you, well. Lencho. Come yeah, on, so Lencho. Respect to you guys. Thanks for doing tuning in. And 100% of that money, of course, will go to the One Nation Foundation, our nonprofit, 
and uh, we appreciate you. Where we are barreling down towards eight thousand uh, dollars to give to the Bolitnikovs this year, and as Uncle Mosh uh, mentioned earlier in the show, uh, give to various Ra- Raiders-related charities. And so, thank you very, very much for that money, and it will go straight there. All right, so. Uh, I mentioned earlier the greatness of the... Well, I didn't mention. I just regurgitated what Al said. The greatness of the Raiders is in its future. But it's sometimes fun to go back to the past, and especially when Al Davis is the subject of the past. So um, for those of you with NFL Network, they do this show called Training Camp Live uh, every year, and they have all the people that are employees of the NFL Network at all the various practices around the 32 teams in the NFL. And it's a, it's really fun. It's like perfect television to have on in the background like while you're working. You know what I mean? And like, and once upon a time, they didn't have a lot of Raider coverage, but now they have tons of Raiders coverage. You know, of course, and, and, and David Carr's out there and whatever, whatnot. So it's, it's great. Um, well, they were covering the Cowboys camp. And I'm the sorry. Cow- I know. Cowboys famously... Uh, practice not in texas but in oxnard california which is a great marketing move if you think about it in that way um but the reason they were out there because california doesn't have a team california's got a (laughs) a bunch of teams and at the time they used to have a team that wore the silver and black and al davis invited jerry the owner of the dallas cowboys in 1989 to bring his team to california to practice against the raiders and here's a cool story that jerry had to tell about al davis Al Davis invited us right here. He had his radars right out here on this same practice field. But he had a fence that was almost as high as seemingly these trees. He didn't want anybody looking at what the team was doing. There were no fans at all. But I remember we bust up. Boy, I got out. I wanted to be the first one through the door. Al opened the door. There, Al Davis sitting there and reached out and grabbed his hand. Boy, we walked out there, that team in 89, and had a great day. And I said, this is the NFL. <laughs> it was a big day for me. So I, I feel that almost every time I initially walk out. All right. So, listen, I'm not a big fan of Jarrah, but I Jared will don't. say this. He's got a, a massive reverence for Al Davis. He's always been incredibly complimentary of Al Davis, and he will tell you, he modeled the way that he, whether good, bad, or indifferent, the way he runs the Dallas Cowboys is because he modeled it after the way that Al Davis ran the Raiders. And so, sure. right? You know what I mean? So it's hard not to have at least a little bit of respect. And anytime someone speaks with reverence about Al, then, then, then well, we're you know, all you have, you have, you have friends that you call when you got to bury a body. And then you got, you got friends that you work with, you know, and then you got, you got mentors, you know, and sometimes those three things can overlap. And I think that was how it was with Jerry and Al. You know, yeah. they, they were they started out friendly and then they became they became close because of their working relationship within the NFL, AFL, and, and all the mergers and all the stuff. And then it was us against the world, you know, the 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 owners against the NFL and and what can we do to better the game? And then Al elevated himself to that mentorship for Jerry and so many others, you know, and then so those three things kind of overlapped where it was instead of becoming friendly, they became friends and then and then work relationships and then and then mentor, uh, uh, you know, Padawan. There it was, Kev, Um, you know, yeah, it's Emperor Invader, you know, don't 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 go anymore on that. okay? (laughs) 
I said it. Let's move on. But but that's you know that's how it was. And and so you got to have a, a a modicum of respect for Jerry for that because of his respect for Al. And that's as far as it goes. With Absolutely. There Great you point. go. Great point. There yes, you go. Uh, hey, so uh, Tyrone Graves in the chat, $5 donation to the One Nation Foundation. Uh, does Holland's riding with DCDA and Hunter Renfro mean anything? I, I'm telling you, that guy's going to be your number two, and especially in the red zone. There you okay. go. Okay, uh, forever, what I talked about Brian Edwards when we drafted him. Yeah. What did I used to? I've said this a million times. Derek he, loves that guy. He loves that kind of receiver. When you look at the most prolific season Derek Carr has had in 2016, who was he throwing to? Jared Cook, Michael Crabtree, and Andre Holmes. Like, most of his touchdowns went to those three guys. What did they all have in common? Big bodies, big hands, vice grips, high point the ball. That's what he loved. So that's why when they drafted Brian Edwards, we thought that's what he was going to turn into. Now, he did. unfortunately, he didn't evolve or, or, or develop the way that we thought that he was going to. But we know Mac Hollins can do that. Right. We've seen him doing it now in camp. I think Mac Hollins is going to be... Potentially one of our breakout players on offense this yeah, year, because yeah, that's sure. what Derek Carr loves. He'll be, he'll be. Here it is. Here's my bold prediction. He'll be Andre Holmes. He'll be the guy that'll only catch three or four passes a game, but two of them will be for touchdowns. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what we're looking at. I think with with Matt Collins. So there yeah, you go. I think it means a lot to Ron. That's a great question. There you go. Absolutely. So and also uh, the Raider Den in the chat uh, with a twenty dollars donation of the One Nation Foundation and David Boyd with a twenty dollars donation. Oh my of the One gosh! Nation Foundation. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. nice. So respect awesome. to all you guys. We appreciate Lee it so right. much. Damn, the donations are rolling in. Uh, yeah, that's we love awesome. It. That's awesome. And you know what? We need to. Uh, uh, we hadn't even talked about this, but we need to give away something next show. We, oh, it's been a minute yeah. since we did some Summer of Swag. We need to yeah, do we'll, man, we'll, for sure. We'll pull an autograph piece uh, here from the fan cave or something, and we'll we'll auction it off uh, next week. Because yeah, we we are we are barreling towards that eight thousand, but we we're, we haven't got there yet. So we definitely need to to kick that up a little bit. Um, there in the Q Dog Raider says, "All we like tonight so far is a Murph rant." Well, you got a little mini one there about uh, about uh, big wide receivers there for Derek. Um, all right, so here's. The reason I'm wearing beast mode tonight is that uh, we've got some really, really fun <laughs> Marshawn stuff. So all this talk about, you know, training camp live and these different this NFL Network shows that go on. And, and it's, I mean, it's just on. It's, the NFL Network is 24-7 pretty much in my house. And, uh, and I just love these shows, uh, being somebody that works from home a lot. And, um, and it reminded me of 2017 when Marshawn Lynch crashed the set of NFL Network, of course, his longtime friend Michael Robinson, who he who he who he played with in Seattle, uh, was was there doing a, a camp for the Raiders. It was Mike Robb and Colleen Wolf, uh, and so this is funny. So here's Marshawn coming over. You hear him start to flirt with Colleen Wolf, and then he realizes she's wearing a ring, and so you hear his tone change a little bit, and so it's pretty funny. But this is the absolute legend that is Marshawn Lynch going back to 2017 Raiders training camp on NFL Live. Dang, what's happening? What's what happening? up? Where the people at? Big dog. They're Big right dog. there. What's up, man? Shit, I'm cool. And what's happening? <laughs> you can't say that on TV, no, come on. bro. They you can't say I that. Couldn't, but shit, y'all the ones told me to dog, come over you, you, here. You can't. Y'all knew what time stop. it was before I came over here. I know, and I love you for that. But look, though. What's good? Baby? Um, talk about being back in Oakland, man. What's yeah, up with it? What have you been doing with yourself? Right now. I ain't been doing nothing. I know, but so how do you feel about being back in the city running this football? No, 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 no. Let's talk about. Look, and I just told you, I don't run on the huddle and mess up your huddle and mess you up with your job on the field, on the field and, and mess up your job. <laughs> right, you don't. So I'm trying to ask you a question that right. people want to know. But this is different. 
with I ain't come <laughs> over here for nothing. I came over here to holler at my dog <laughs> and his partner. <laughs> What's up? What's up? How's it feel to be back on the team? That's cool. You gonna do the normal thing, right? And ask questions about all the. No, we can talk about your soul food restaurant that you bought. See, look. Why you ain't telling me you got the soul food? She's all dipping in my business, though. Oh, good job. Too early. Jump the gun. Yeah, big like a big mouth bass, baby. Listen, I like soul food. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, you got a soul food. So that's our first date to the soul. Oh my god. Oh no, look at this money. I'm sorry. You can't. Those are notes. That is very nice. Thank you. So we will not be dating. No. We're going on a date to the soul food restaurant. Hey, I'm going to charge you a little extra, though, just because I'm going to charge him a little bit more, too, though. Oh, my God. What you want to get back to this community, man? Life. Explain it. Explain it. life, man. Okay. You know, we can sit here and you know how we do when we chop it up, but that ain't for everybody. No, we can't chop it up like So that's what I'm saying. But is everybody good, though? You good? We're good. You good? We're good. All right, I'm going to let you go ahead and do your thing, though, player. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. All right. My ah, thanks oh, for nice stopping to by. Too, yeah, nice yes, to meet yes. you, too. All right, we'll see you later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He that is, is the so absolute best, man. It's <laughs> so, so freaking good. funny, man. <laughs> it's for you, Hefe. My dude. Hi, this is AJ Cole from the Las Vegas Raiders, and you're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Just win, baby. So, uh, so the the donations just keep rolling oh in, man. So, God, so, Trin- so Trin- Trinidad with a with a ten dollar donation says, "We want a Murph rant. Let's go." <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Everybody loves a good I Murph rant. I can't brew it up. It's got to come no, naturally. Yeah, 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 natural. yeah. It's got to be organic. But thank but, you, Trin. Uh, speaking of organic, though, a pineapple comes in here hey, with a fifty dollar donation like to the One Nation Foundation. Says, "Love the show. We love appreciate you. you, pineapple. We love you. That's awesome, man." Uh, Appreciate you so very, very much. Everybody that's in the chat room, uh, silver and black today. Oh, my gosh. It's our buddy hey, Scott hey, Gilbranson. He says, shout out to Murph and the boys. Much love from Scott and Mo. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. And we we uh, we brought it up earlier on the show that we are uh, uh, so thankful for the opportunity to be part of your show uh, post-game coming up this season. And so thank you guys very, very much. Silver and black today. Uh, our good friends, Scott Gilbranson and Mo Moten. Man, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. cool. That's awesome. All right. Uh, we've got three more. Uh, actually, we've got four more to get to. We've got three more um, media bites to get to tonight. And then we're going to do a little Raiders and pop culture. So first off, let's go again. Going back to the NFL Network set. Let's hear from Jess, uh, Jesse. Just hear from James Palmer talking about that theme we've been talking about all night tonight. The offensive line. It's hot, Rhett. It's hot. They got a fan on me, which is perfect. They were using this for uh, rap sheet all the way in their early morning hours here, breaking that Deshaun Watson news. But it is going to be a short practice today. They're going to finish within the hour because they've been in pads three times. Obviously, they leave for Canton tomorrow. So today's a little bit lighter. Just got those shells on. And what I observed first and foremost is Chandler Jones has now missed four consecutive practices. Darren Waller has now missed the last two. But talking to people here, my understanding is there is really no concern. Obviously, those are veteran players. It is early. They have this early preseason game coming up. What Josh McDaniels wants to show, though, on Thursday is what we're going to be looking for, right? And and he doesn't want to show a lot of this scheme. And he believes not showing a lot of what they want to do offensively with Derek Carr and all these great pieces around him at the skill positions is they're not going to showcase what they're going to do offensively. What they want to do is see if you can cover, see if you can tackle, see if you can block, hmm. all of those things. Hmm. He wants guys to go out, play aggressive, play hmm. fast, play hard. But again, hmm. we're not going to see a whole lot of what Josh McNeils wants to do 
with these Raiders. And, and, and Baldy's with us, so I, I have to talk about offensive linemen. We know that they have Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and, and Devontae Adams, but will Derek Carr be able to get him the football? That's what a lot of eyes are on in this offensive line. And, and it's interesting, Baldy. I mean, Lester Cotton looks like talking to people, is going to be starting on this offensive line, who was an undrafted guy out of Alabama a couple of years ago. He's getting most of the first-team run at that right guard spot. Right tackle's been kind of an interesting spot opposite of, of Colton, uh, Colton Miller. It's been Brandon Parker. It's been, it's been Alex Leatherwood, who, Baldy, you and I have talked about. He, he, he took third-team reps yesterday. So it's been interesting to see what's happening on this offensive line. They do really like the kid Thayer Munford. There out of go. Ohio State. And, guys, I'm not just saying that because he's a Buckeye. I know mm -hmm. that's what Rhett's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a seventh-round pick Ridiculous. they had this past year. And early in camp, they've really liked him. They, they have. They've liked him early in camp, Rhett. And he's actually gotten some run with the ones at that right tackle spot. But, again, protecting Derek Carr with this group up front is going to be a vital portion if we want to see this offense play the way we know they're capable of. All right, there is so much. So it's interesting, you know, like at the, at the risk of being repetitive, because I know we've talked a lot about the offensive line already tonight, but it's like the reoccurring theme to me is this depth. Like, yes, okay, I hear on the surface, Alex Leatherwood is taking third team reps. Okay, so on the surface, that doesn't sound great. But if he's making room for someone else to take reps in there and they're higher on these other players that we've drafted, like that's kind of a good sign. Like, isn't it? It's, it's a real me, good sign. It's not as much of a damnation of that this guy's not as good. It's more of a, a lift up that these other players are playing great. Is, is that how you tell? No, it? that's exactly. And, and that's what we've been. That's been the, the, uh, uh, the reoccurring theme throughout the entire show is that we've been saying our depth chart is such that when you look at it and you go Leatherwood who was supposed to be the you know the saving grace when we brought him in blah 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 you know is now down taking reps with the third string you know so that says first and second have stepped up and if first and second are stepping up man you better work harder, third string. Absolutely you know? yeah. I mean it's it's well and you it's a good problem to have. Thank you. And you mentioned it with with freaking with with Mullen. Right. That right. he's down on the depth chart right. because he hasn't been able to prove that he can stay healthy. Alex Leatherwood, being a rookie, struggled a little bit, had some injury. Like, so you're gonna play him lower. Like, I, I think it's great messaging. I think it's and it's and like you said, at this level, you're not doing any like, you know what I mean? You're not trying to do any any um subtext to the player. Everything is out in the open. They're all dang professionals. But I think that it's 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 interesting that like you're enabling other players success you're not just putting it look you drafted him in the first round to be a right tackle well if you're not playing at the level that we expected you to we're going to play somebody else we're sure. not going to do it just because look we drafted you in that leatherwood spot. is not a slouch leatherwood is he's not he's, Absolutely he's not. not but if there is somebody on the depth chart and, and somebody that can make it at one and two his motivation is he's unless he's ready to retire he still has to work his ass off because if he does end end up getting the red slip on the locker, he's going to be searching for a job somewhere else. So he may say, I was put out by number one and number two. These guys are amazing, but here's my films, and I still have to make a living. I still want to play ball. I'm still just a kid. You know, let me let me have a shot somewhere else. So it, it does that. It motivates them to, if they can't win that one or two slots, you're still piling your resume up to say, okay, I'll go somewhere else, you know? And, and that's what good coaches do is if they can coach them up saying, you know, you got you to gotta win these spots 
or you got to work your tail off to the best of your ability and we'll help you get on somewhere else. You know, hope to if you're not dressed in silver and black, hope to see you on the other sideline someday. Tape don't lie. You know, tape you don't go. lie. Tape don't lie. And it, it's their resume. That's an NFL athlete's resume is the tape that you put down. And, and Mosh is absolutely right. You know, every single rep, like Tiger Woods says, you know, you never waste a shot, right? Like right. every single rep counts for something. And whether that's, you know, you're playing for, you know, Alex Leather was going to be a Raider for, we know, for a totality of four years at a minimum. But after that, we, we, anyways, hopefully much, much longer than that. But anyways, point being, though, great stuff there. And I uh, appreciate you, uh, Uncle Mosh, on that. All right, let's go back to Palmer. And uh, so this is James Palmer, NFL <coughs> Network. He's talking about this time the <coughs> offensive side of the ball and wide receivers. And he leaves this one hanging out there a little bit too long. I kind of get what he's doing, and this is great because the next soundbite we're going to hear is Ian Rappaport calling him out on it. But this is James Palmer telling us about the wide receivers that ran into each other. We had a light one today, Ian. It's, and you're probably happy about that. I am happy about it, yes. Yeah, yeah. light practice today. They went pretty hard yesterday in full pads. Light one today because they're going to have a walkthrough tomorrow morning, then a 2 o'clock flight to Canton where they'll start getting ready for their, you mentioned, Rhett, that Thursday night game against the Jaguars. They'll tour the Hall of Fame, and they'll, they'll have a lot going on when they get there. So they're having a light one that we're watching, and everybody collectively stopped for one moment while I was out there watching a special teams period when Hunter Renfro is returning a punt, and the punt carries out of bounds. He makes the catch, but at the same time rolls into Devontae Adams' knees, who's watching on the sideline, and had no idea it was going to happen. That's Derek Carr's uh, offense, Ian, right there, colliding with one another during a special teams here. But everybody's fine. Uh, But there is talk about who else out of that receiver group after those top two options uh, is going to step up. And and a name that I keep hearing since we've been here is Mac Hollins. It really is. In the red zone period (laughs) that I was just watching, he made the catch of the day uh, up and over a defender in the corner of the end zone. A bigger body receiver. We know he's going to make this team because of the special teams player he is. But he's competing with, say, Keelan Cole. And and he's competing with Tyron Johnson, who comes over from, from the Chargers, who they really like, who can run like the wind blows. But they're, they're looking for those other pieces around those big three for Derek Carr. All right, there we go. Yeah, so he kind of leaves that thing sitting out there for a minute that the two wide receivers collide. Here I'm thinking, I'm having visions of Johnny Lee Higgins and Lewis Murphy oh running into each other on routes. Not one of the most embarrassing right, plays right, right. in the history of the Raiders. Uh, but that's not what happened. He rolled up into him and everybody's fine. But this is funny because now check out Ian Rappaport. Well, you took way too long to mention that everyone was okay after that <laughs> practice. You lure them in, you know? Yeah, I mean, the storytelling, I guess, was immaculate. But if you're a Raiders fan, I don't think you thought that was very funny. But Thank you, Ian. It has been interesting. You Come on, this Ian. Raiders team, and usually when you have a new coach, you have a new GM like Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, you have a rebuilding. This is not rebuilding. Mm-hmm. I mean, the offensive line might need some tinkering, and that's still some some things to be answered. They got some new pieces on defense. Rocky Sin sounds like he's settling in really, really nice at corners. They got some some things they still need to work out. But this is a talented group. Mm-hmm. I mean, watching Devonta Adams in practice, I mean, it looks like not saying that Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers, but it looks like the same Devonta Adams we've seen in Green Bay for years and years. The expectations are really high here, and they probably should be. They brought in some talent in the offseason. We are we saw some of it. All right, there we go. Appreciate uh, comments there from Ian Rappaport. In the chat there, uh, Paul says, why is Hunter Renfro still on special teams? I'm with him on that. Well, Uh, I disagree. Me too. Timmy Brown returned punts forever. Exactly. You know why? They like it. Renfro likes it. It's that. It's that. There's a thrill to that. There's that. 
ah, it's, you know, I hope my wedge is up there. I'm like, where am I, you know, <laughs> yeah. where am I going? Where am I going? I'm yeah. getting the ball. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's the, I think there's that, first of all, he's good at it. Second of all, it's, it, there's, there's an adrenaline kick to that, you know, but a, a lot like what Swaggy said, it's like, Ooh, please don't do that. Please don't do it. You know, throw a slouch out yeah. there. But no, we don't know because I guess I would still like to see him return punts so he can lay another lay some wood on a charger <laughs> guy. You know what I mean? I love that. I yeah. love that. But That's but yeah, true. every time he returns a punt, I'm like, come on, be careful. Just just sit down. <laughs> just, just sit down. You, you, just you've done enough. Just go done enough. Fair catch. Fair catch. Uh, <laughs> uh, full Metal Mexican in the chat says uh, uh, Johnny Lee Higgins. Wow, flashbacks of uncertainty and sadness. You want to rant? They're uh, full metal Mexican. We will have no Johnny Lee Higgins disparaging on this show. <laughs> that is the greatest punt returner slash wide receiver that Madden has ever seen. Ask my Niner fan, <laughs> stupid ass brother, who I used to beat the shit out of with the freaking Raiders, who the best player was. He saw 15 in his freaking nightmares. Johnny Lee Higgins was an absolute stud, and it wasn't until I believe it was Eric Weddle rocked him going across the middle, and unfortunately, Johnny Lee was Never the same player after that because he took an absolute shot to the head and sadly it basically cut his career short. Johnny Lee Higgins was freaking awesome. I loved Johnny Lee Higgins. So back up <laughs> off Johnny Lee Higgins. <laughs> well, my. <laughs> this is Trent Sagan. You're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with Murph, Swag Jeff, and Uncle Mosh. Just win, baby. <laughs> Paul, you're cracking me <laughs> that up. Was funny. We'll just move on. <laughs> All right, so I've got one more for you. So this is Raiders of Pop Culture. So this is where we take uh, something uh, that the Raiders have done, whether that be a player, whether that be, I don't know, whatever. And it ends up in something cool, like a song or a movie or sure. whatever, or a TV show, whatever. Well, every once in a while, it's kind of like pop culture in the Raiders. It kind of bleeds over and goes the other way. So here's what we've got this week. Uncle Mosh, you ready for this? I'm ready. Come on with your bad self. All right. So for those of you on the audio podcast. Jeez, uh, I got to pee. Getting out my lightsaber and we've got not Raiders and pop culture. We've got pop culture in the Raiders. And we're going to go back to our guy, Marshawn Lynch, as I don't know what this is from. I saw it in a Twitter <laughs> post. Marshawn Lynch does the voiceover for Darth Vader. No, he doesn't. In Star Wars A New Hope, the scene where Darth Vader is standing up over the council there, the Empire Council, and he's choking the guy, right? You know what I'm talking about? It's, yeah, uh, no, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and and if, give me a minute, I'll come up with that guy's name too. But anyway, so he's choking the guy, and then uh, and, and then Grand Moff Tarkin says, Vader, release him, right? And so then Vader releases him, and he turns around and walks off. So they're in this like full on sound studio. Right. And they've got the monitor up there with this scene playing. Can you see this on the YouTube? You can see this on the YouTube, okay? And it's so funny. <laughs> so Marshawn is doing the voice of Darth Vader. And this is what it sounded like. Do I get to say it in my own words? You can say whatever you want to say. Hell yeah. As long as it fits in that spot. <laughs> Let's give it a shot. All right. Brody, I feel like you don't feel where I'm coming from, though. You want some mother. <laughs> I would say some <laughs> like that. I was choking the <laughs> out somebody. Like, ah, my, my. You don't believe me? Sean, let him go, blood, let him go. All right, bro, my bad. Damn, you know how I get something. Here, <laughs> tripping on me. 
Do I resemble him a little bit now? Yeah. Oh, so you put on his hood. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes. Are giving you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fort? Bro, I feel like you don't feel where I'm coming from, though. You want some other shit? No, Vader, release him. For sure, we family. <laughs> Oh, that shit was just solid as <laughs> bruh. Let's watch it again. Enough of this. Vader, release him. For sure, we family. <laughs> <laughs> the walk, hey, the walk off was solid. thing I've ever heard. Family and Vader turns around and walks away. It's the funniest damn thing. I would, I would like Star Wars if Marshawn was in it. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Isn't that hilarious, dude? That's so good. Oh, my gosh. You got to oh find the video. Yeah, you got to find the video. It's freaking oh. awesome, man. So we appreciate Marshawn Vader. Holy cow. All right. More of you and less of us is a good thing. Let's check in with the Sea of Fans mailbag. That is funny. He is fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. His body thrown. It is. I right, appreciate everybody checking us out tonight on the YouTubes at youtube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio. Appreciate all the amazing super chats that are in there, and we appreciate our good friends like Paul, PSP Raiderette, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Lee B, Victory Raider, Kill Jadis, Full Metal Mexican, uh, David Kellenberger. Uh, appreciate uh, everyone that's in there. Trinidad is in there. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, if you want to join us, you can do that each and every week at youtube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio. 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 Eastern. You can also call the show at any time at 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. And hey, I got to say a thing. I got to get some off my chest. Say it. I love our regular callers. I love the creativity that we get from our regular callers. Sure. We've got people that sing. We've got people that reenact movies. We've got people that do impersonations. We love all those wonderful things. I would like to throw out a challenge to the folks. We usually get between three and 400 people ultimately that watch this show live. We get thousands of you that listen to this show between YouTube and our audio podcast. Do me a favor and call the show. Yeah. You don't have to do some big, elaborate, nope. creative nope. thing. You can just tell us why you're a Raider fan. Tell us what your expectations are for the season. Give us a funny story. Whatever your thing is. Give us a call, man. Let's 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 inject some fresh blood into the sea of fans mailbag. That is it. not disparaging our folks that call in all the time. We love you and we want to keep hearing from you. But let's hear from so many more of you because we see your names. We know you're listening. Let's hear from you, man. We want to hear from you. When I say more of you and less of us is a good thing, I genuinely mean that. We want to hear from our listening audience. We love you guys. So call the show, 909-345-3346, or you can email the show at show. That is S-H-O-W at RaidersFanRadio.com. And uh, Uncle Mosh is going to kick us off with the emails. Uncle Mosh, who do we have tonight? Greetings, RFR family. As much as I enjoy putting together songs for the Raider Karaoke Kid and performing off other off-the-wall character skits, 
and impressions for Raiders fan. I also relish the new role of putting together episode number content every week as Swag Jeff's assistant. Which is why I was so upset last week when Swag Jeff went on vacation and the nugget I came up with for episode 253 was never used. It was actually a really good one, celebrating something great that happened back in 1968. Instead, we had to listen to a sad tale from Murph. And I started to feel a little uncomfortable. The same way Randy Hansen used to always feel whenever Tom Cable walked into the room. (laughs) (laughs) Or the way any licensed massage therapist would feel upon receiving a call from Deshaun Watson. Yikes. Anyway, is that too soon? Anyway, I will simply take my seat at the saltiest loser table and move on. The real reason for my email, however, is a continued discussion of Paul's fanatic email from last week. Our collective fandom hasn't diminished over the many painful years we have had to weather. And then last year, in the face of all the adversity, we finally began to take back what is rightfully ours. And we did it in front of a national television audience amongst a sea of doubters and those two Steeler fans that kept showing Toward the tail that they kept showing toward the tail end of the the contest. You're welcome for your playoff appearance last year, by the way. But here is my only list of things to watch for 2022 to continue Paul's narrative. Biggest leap: Trayvon Mowing, The obvious low hanging fruit would be Alex Leatherwood, but I think an even bigger leap will be made this year by the second year safety. Last year, he was just starting to figure out his role on the back end of the now-famed Gus Bradley cover three defense. But his play is still both steady and consistent, though not flashy. It is true that he could have made the big play, which might have sealed the win at the end of the Washington game last year, but he couldn't come up with the interception. That won't happen this year. I'm predicting that Moen will have five interceptions in 2022, which will probably put him in the league's top five. And if it doesn't land him a Pro Bowl nod, he should at least receive an honorable mention. The Prove It Year, Clee Farrell. Oh. F to the E to the R to the R to the E to the L to the L. It ain't Uh Farrell. I know, I know. His name should never be pronounced, only spelled out Q-Dog style. Anyway, the much maligned pick from 2019 has been like a confused nomad wandering through the desert in search of water. He was overpicked. The team, the team didn't have enough overall talent surrounding him on the defensive front, and he found more of a home as an interior placeholder, eating up blocks, which I thought he did a most adequate job with. But now that his option has not been picked up and a new Patrick Graham scheme is in place, all the pressure is off, as are the training wheels. With the proper motivation and coaching, I'm predicting that Klee will have a bounce-back year and rejuvenate his career. He can also make himself some money next year, whether it's with the Raiders or some other team. I would love nothing better than seeing Klee have a solid season and have the Raiders rework a deal to bring him back in 2023. Player on a knife's edge. Trayvon Mullen. When healthy, he is the he is both proven and dependable, but the biggest question with him is his availability piece. When you look at the Raiders' long-term plans, it's easy to write him off simply because he only made it through five games last year, and injury-prone corners don't usually last in the NFL. 
I think we've heard that in nauseam on this show tonight. Yeah, uh-huh. right. If he can come back from injury and play like he did the first two years, the Raiders could be set on one side for the next three or four years at least. But I'm hoping that being the player on the knife's edge means that Mullen is able to make a strong return rather than have the knife's edge be just another surgery, which would <laughs> mark his exit. Yeah. Most underrated. The linebacking core of Brown, Butler, and Diablo. Nice. Good call. Everyone has been talking about Denzel Perryman, and rightfully so. But I think these three guys can be difference makers, mm-hmm. not only in run support, but also in coverage. Diablo has worked out so far as a converted linebacker from safety, and I absolutely love that the Raiders brought over Brown from Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Stun. Butler has been turning heads so far in camp. There may not be any pro bowlers in this group, but I think they will all play way above their pay grades and provide excellent value for the defensive side of the ball. Best rookie, Jason Horowitz, the new voice of the Raiders. This is not to knock Brent Musburger, (laughs) but he will never be truly known as the voice of the Raiders. The organization has now brought in a talent who is fairly young and will establish himself this year to become part of the integral fabric that is Raider Nation. I can't wait to hear what his new signature call will be whenever the Raiders score, which I believe will be early and often in 2022. Best of luck to Jason in his new role, and I'm looking forward to listening to him. Nice. Best new addition. Offense, who do you think it is? Devontae <laughs> Adams. <laughs> Despite all that, already what's already been said, DA will hook up with his buddy DC, and I predict that he will lead the team in touchdowns, although maybe not in total receptions or total yardage gain, but DA will be there all year, especially when it counts most. Best new addition, defense, Chandler Jones. He's seen it, he's done it, and now he is set to help take down the rest of the AFC West. Along with his tag team partner, Max Crosby, I was hopeful with Yannick. I am expectant with Chandler. Let's go. Surprise player, Alex Bars. A year ago on the Only Nation podcast, I made the bold statement before the season started that Richie Incognito would not be coming back from injury. Turns out I was right. Well, that was kind of a no-brainer, though. But not to disparage your, yeah, your guess. Yeah. Last month, I also predicted that Denzel Good would be ready to start the season, and now he is retired, two for two. But Bars, who has picked up, was picked up through free agency, is going to end up being the guy that Denzel Good has two years two, was two years ago. A guy who can jump in anywhere on the offensive line and be productive when you need him. New coach, Carmen. Values guys who can play. What do they? What do they? What do they call him? What do you call himself? Carm, Carm. Yeah, Carm, Carm. Where in the world is Carmen Brasilo? That's so damn funny, dude. And if Alex is not one of the starting guards, I think you'll see him in a lot of formations and sets. If that's the case, you don't have to hear his name called out very much. You'll know he's doing a great job and doing well. Best player. Again, anybody want to guess? Derek Derek Carr Carr. would be the obvious answer. You would think, but I'm going with Darren Waller. This is the year he will convert all the doubters about who the best tight end in the game happens to be. Derek will have a great year, and Devontae will have a great year, but Waller will turn out to be the team's best player and the nightmare matchup that we all knew he would be for opposing team. But you know what? That's been brought up before. Well, sure. You know, that he's the best player. Best athlete. But now he's going to be even more open. That's the thing, though, right? Yeah. Only this year, no one, all in caps, will be able to stop him. 
away from the Raiders, most likely to go for it on fourth downs from their own 15, the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Most likely to say the words, let's ride. A tie between oh, Russell Wilson. You love that. Yeah. A tie between Russell Wilson and Philip Rivers talking to his wife before bed. Let's <laughs> <laughs> ride. Top selling jersey. The $50,000 orange Russell Wilson knockoffs that will be sold in every Rocky Mountain Walmart. It will come with a free supersized orange crust Slurpee so you can sugar up the kids and dumb them down at the same time. <laughs> nice. Most likely to throw, t- <laughs> oh, no. to throw toward Tyreek Hill. Drew Locke, no matter what team he plays for. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Most likely to study his playbook this year. Kyle Murray, the Cardinals got smart and removed the clause from his contract and just inserted centerfolds in between the play pages. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Most likely to eat everything on his plate and then eat the plate. Andy Reid. Hey. Hey, Most likely Andy. to work his way to the top of the Eiffel Tower and plant a Raiders flag to remind the French of who their daddy really is. Uncle Mike. <laughs> Take care, Raider Nation, and congratulations once again the late to the late Cliff Branch, yours affectionately, T-Hom, assistant to the hey. assistant to the assistant general manager of show episode numbers, companion to the Raider karaoke kid, Sergeant Joe Friday, the American Nightmare, and a host of others, proud made man, seven-time winner of the BRT Sizzler, 2021 Gemini Award winner, and current co-leader for the saltiest loser for the 2023 Fannies. <laughs> nice. Nice. Of course, we're getting a lot of fat of the week comments in there, Mosh. Oh, man. Fat <laughs> of the week. You look like melted ice cream. Oh, I can actually hear you getting fatter. Says he's fat. Who's fat? Too fat. Big fat fatty. <laughs> <laughs> That's still one of my favorites. It's the best. So funny. That never gets old. Hello, Murph, Mosh, and the Sultan of Swag. The Hall of Fame game is next Thursday, and I'm emailing, emailing this on Wednesday. And I cannot wait. After waiting for so many years, Cliff Branch will finally be inducted into his rightful place in the Hall of Fame. Can I just make a, a statement on that? Please. Anybody that even has one iota of skepticism, and they probably won't be listening to this show, just go back and look at Cliffy's numbers and compare them to the people that are in Thank ahead you. of him. That's all I want to say. Just do that. Just do that. If you even have one even smidgen of 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 like, well, maybe the Hall of Fame did this because we talked about that with Coach Flores. You know, well, he didn't have you know the best winning blah 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 blah. Just go back and look at Cliff's numbers. Just do it, and 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 you're gonna be like, this is a serious travesty. I'll give you, just, I'm going to give you three names. Harold Carmichael, Drew Pearson, Lynn Swan. Just, just Go look, compare Cliff to them. Just, he just look at dominates it. Yeah, them. And, and, and these were people that played at the same time. Just Amen. go look at it. Yes. Just go look. Good call, Mosh. Thank you for saying that. Uh, after waiting for a little bit, yeah. Although he is not there, I know that he will be watching from heaven with a big smile on his face as he is inducted. And he will be... And, and, and as we steamroll the Jaguars and Doug Peterson... Next year, I really hope that Lester Hayes gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, yes. let's go. Uh, uh, he has the stats to prove why he is a Hall of Famer. But, of course, we all know that the inductee committee, or whatever they are, are a bunch of dingbats. The judge deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and that, of course, means Paul's longtime wish will finally be granted. Now, 
I want to tell you all a story that happened to me on Monday. I was at Universal Studios, and I was in line for a roller coaster. All of a sudden, I see the bandwagon Queefs fan wearing a Queefs <laughs> shirt. Suddenly, I have the urge to scream, Raiders are better! Right in his face. <laughs> I didn't know, because I'm a decent human being. Then again, since we're such unique individuals, I probably should have done it. If I had done it, he probably would have started crying like Andy Walrus Reed would if the doctor told him that he no more snacks. Huh? He would explode, which will I, <laughs> which if you give it one or two years, seems likely anyway. Huh? I wish everyone a pleasant evening and Paul a pleasant morning. Raiders! Raider Shank. Hey, nice. Shank. And last but not least. Paul? Hey, everybody. Hope you're all well. I'm starting the week off with a rant, and the topic is clowns. There have been many clowns over the years. <laughs> From the circus entertainers with exploding, with exploding cars to rodeos across North America and Stephen King's brilliant, evil, and twisted Pennywise. Oh. Like many things these days, though, they don't seem as common as they once were. And now, as much in the public eye, there are still some among us, though. And they are the scariest of all because they have power. I'm talking about the Hall of Fame Voting oh. Committee. <laughs> we all know the rich history of football is littered with many great players and coaches from teams across the spectrum. And the Hall of Fame has a, was a grand idea during its inception. The great and the good can be honored with a lavish ceremony and be remembered in a museum where fans from all over the globe can pay their own respects and learn from their illustrious careers. Well, here's the rub. They may have had the right idea when the Hall of Fame was first discussed, but they made the fatal mistake of putting the voting side of things into the hands of a bunch of Raider-hating, incompetent shit-for-brains who have no idea what the real shining light of football have achieved. At this point, I could go apocalyptic about my disappointment for Lester Hayes again this year. And trust me, that's an anger that burns like a stomach ulcer. But no, my rant is aimed at the fact that they had an opportunity to show the world the importance women have played in the NFL. Amy Trask didn't just do a good job as chief executive of the, of the Raiders. She excelled at it, improved the position, and it was said by many that she was the glue that held the organization together. And just how many women have been employed or given opportunities because of her? Inducting Amy Trask this year would have sent a powerful message, especially in light of the Washington email scandal and the current Deshaun Watson saga. What Amy did and continues to do should be celebrated with the sport's highest honor. It was simply the right thing to do. But the modern-day clowns can't see past their own self-importance, and these fools are just not funny anymore. Every year we're left having to do this on behalf of the Raiders that's been shunned for no good reason. Shame on you again, Canton. Perhaps Amy should have worked for the Steelers or Cowboys instead. Oh. That being said, they do get it right every now and then, every 30 years in our case, and this weekend belongs to Cliff Branch. I personally believe he stands alongside Tim Brown as the greatest of our receivers. I wish the great man was here to see what we thought of him, but sadly it's not meant to be. I'll raise a glass of something to him and proudly wipe the tears off my fat old face at the same time. <laughs> 
It's a proud moment for his family and friends and the Raider Nation as a whole. So to all the representatives making the trip, have a wonderful weekend. We'll all be thinking of you, Mr. Branch, sir. Believe it or not, I've tried to stay calm this preseason and not get into my feelings too much about what we're going to do. Be sensible, I said to myself. Act your age, which was going quite well. Then I saw footage of the guys in pads and DC dropping dimes for Devontae Adams. And I was like a kid on Christmas morning. I'm now in full screw everybody. We're going to win it all mode. And I can't wait to see the game on Thursday night. Elsewhere in the league, over the Jim Henson workshop in Missouri, Kermit picked up an injury. (laughs) I don't know what the latest is, but I hope it's nothing trivial. And, of course, the big story is Deshaun Watson. A six-game ban? Dot, dot, dot. Really? Tell me again why Colin Kaepernick is such a villain for trying to do a good thing. Yet the sort of thing can happen, and he pays his way out of trouble. If there's any kind of decency left in Roger Goodell, then he will address this if he can. But I'm back to the red nose, big shoes, and squirty flowers brigade again. Oh, nice. So the clock is ticking, and we're now only hours away from seeing one of the finest sights you can ever wish to see. The silver and black running onto the field in a game starting our journey towards the Super Bowl. And the wonderful TV company over here has decided to show the game live. Let's go, Raiders. Stay safe, RFR family. Love you, Raider Nation. His Lordship, the Royal Scribe, Paul Egerton, Shropshire, Mississippi, Polly Award winner, 2019 and 2022. 2022 <laughs> Foggy Glasses Award winner 2020 BRT Sizzler Scorekeeper Proud Made Man Five time Five time Five time Plus one Plus one Plus one Winner of the Raiders Fan Radio BRT Sizzler Award Go get him, Paul 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 Oh my gosh, we appreciate you, Paul, man, and Uncle Mosh, thank you so much for reading those emails, and you can email the show anytime at show at RaidersFanRadio.com, and uh, please send us a message, and we love to read it on the air, or you can call the show, 909-345-3346, or you could jump in the chat, and we've got some more chats, the uh, Super Chats came in, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely, so uh, so our buddy Silver and Black today, uh, oh, uh, Scott Gilbranson, $10 you. donation to the One Nation Foundation, man, yeah, this is cool, man, we're not giving anything away tonight, but, but we're racing good. Good money tonight for the One Nation Foundation. Absolutely. And so speaking of Scott, you know, you, you, I, I told you guys earlier I'm going to do a spot on their show uh, post game coming up. But also, so the most recent podcast, so go check them out, Silver and Black Today. All you got to do is search for it on any podcast service, and you'll find it. They're all over the place. And um, he's got a, like about a five-minute interview on this latest episode with Cliff Branch uh, back when uh, I believe it was right before Cliffy passed. I want to say it was like early 2019 or something like that. Um, but the Cliff addresses some of the stuff that Paul just brought up about like why he's not, he feels that he and many others, Tatum and Hayes and a lot of other guys, uh, are not in the Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, he brings up Al. You know, Al Davis was an adversary to the NFL. And whether it's a conspiracy theory or just an overriding 
animosity that was between Al and the NFL, there were certain players that were, you know, you couldn't leave them out. You couldn't leave out a Gene Upshaw. You couldn't leave out an Art Shell. You couldn't leave out, you know, so many great Raiders. But the ones that were on the safe fringe, and I hate to even say that because to us they're clear cut because they're, you know, we're Raider fans. But to any of the players that were, quote, on that fringe, they were left out. And that was kind of what Cliffy's feel was. And so, you know, prove us wrong. Prove, prove Cliff wrong. You know, this is certainly a step towards that. Uh, but until we get, you know, Tatum and, and Hayes, I think those are the next two. Mm-hmm. Um, Villa Piano, you know we love us some Phil around here. Absolutely. We are huge Phil fans. I don't – he's like the ultimate on the fringe of that. He's never been a finalist, and I just don't know – you know, I mean, he's the greatest guy, greatest sports teller in Raider Nation and yes. sports in general. But I just don't know. So, but people bring him up a lot. You know what I like about that? Please. He don't care. He don't care. We have had conversations with him. He'd rather tell you a good damn story and tell you why Freddie Blitnikoff's wife banned him from the damn <laughs> from the thing yeah. than, than, than anything else. He would rather yeah. he'd rather tell as a he story pours his fifth glass of he, wine and, 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 and just laugh about it. And he don't care. He played ball to play ball. He didn't give a shit about no Hall of Fame. It wasn't about the Hall of Fame for him. It's still not. Now his daughter is adamant about, you know, oh, a foo for Andrea, the whole HOF, yeah. you know, and we, she's been on the show and I mean, she has a good time talking about it and talking about Phil's career. And, and I love that, that. And that's what a kid should do. But Phil don't care. He don't, don't care. give a crap about Absolutely. no hall of fame. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, but there are some others out there and uh, we will definitely look forward to seeing those Raiders uh, get their respect in, in a timely fashion. All right, gosh, we are late tonight, guys. What are we Ten minutes after, we got three calls to get to tonight in the Sea of Fans mailbag, and then we will get out of here, um, and then we'll we'll leave it to shout out the chat and all the donations that have come in tonight. So let's check in. We've got we've got three calls to get to, but of course we got to start off the segment. Um, you know, every crew needs a captain. Our crew is the made men and the made women. Uh, if you call the show three times and we play your message, we refer to you in that way. Look forward to inducting some new folks soon. Or if you email us an indefinite amount of times, Raider Shank, I think, is right there. Speaking of that, like, you know, probably next week, Raider Shank, send us another email, buddy, and, and, and you're going to be in the club. Uh, but anyways, every crew needs a captain. And uh, so ours is Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider. We call him the Capo, and he always leads off this segment. Greetings, Don Murphy, Sigler, and Moss. Son of Boss, Sonny, a Sergeant of Arms, the Sizzler, Big Raider Trucker, Mojo from the Universe Speaks, Ramon the Mean King, Swag Jeff, Wild Raider, Chuck Spiderhead McCann from the Inebra Nation, Ron the Mater Raider, Nation, Happy Hall of Fame Game Eve. Tomorrow, the Raiders finally retake the field against the toothless Jaguars. Now, <laughs> the preseason game will be a dress rehearsal for the real matchup down in the so-called Bowling City of South uh, the Bowling City Jack Town Jacks, uh, the Embers. It doesn't matter what they call that city because November 6th we're going to do it for real, baby. And we're going upside those toothless Jacks' head. Now, I look forward to watching the progress displayed by our young defenders like Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Merrick, Divine Diablo, Malcolm Coons, Amik Robinson, Isaiah Polamau, and Neil Farrell. Not so much for Cleve Farrell, but. Amid the speculation whether Josh McDaniels 2.0 will translate into higher heights for the silver and black, a telltale sign of value is beginning to reveal itself for the Patriots. Uh, following McDaniels' departure from New England, the hoodie chose to go with a confusing coach-by-committee making uh, its return from assistance to formerly fired recently 
head coaches in Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as co-counsel, if you will, or offensive coordinators. Now, Patricia has officially been dubbed as the senior football advisor slash offensive line coach, and while Judge might serve as uh, uh, the offensive assistant and quarterback's coach, it doesn't really matter. The oddball assignments to the start of the 2022 training camp have not been a stroke of genius thus far and have actually led to an early regression of the offense and their quarterback, young Mac Jones. According to the Providence Journal, um, training camp has been labeled as concerning. On Monday, Patriots beat writer Mark Daniels explained that following an impressive showing in voluntary OTAs this spring, without pads, mind you, Mac Jones hit 87% of his throws and has slipped all the way down to only 52% in the final two days of practice just last week while the team went in pads. Well, on the final day, he threw two interceptions during 11-on-11 drills that led to large chunks of offensive inefficiency and appeased Jones, who quickly left Saturday's session instead of sticking around uh, against the practice field and addressing the media. Hell, even our quarterback has the gall in order to, to, to basically tell the, the media to pump their brakes whenever they get a little bit too loose in the paint with him these days. Now, through Monday's practice, Jones had three interceptions hovered around the 50% range on his passes each day. Daniels also had, uh, I guess, recorded a, a little bit of uh, statistics that showed that he even went over 10 on passing to their new prize receiver, Bailey Zappi. The fact that the team did not promote from within for the offensive coordinator role to fill behind McDaniels or hire an experienced coach always seemed like a questionable decision for the team. With no clear coordinator now and Patricia and Judge not having proven histories of play calling, there could be some serious trouble brewing within the New England. Now, they always have an option, cheating. Respect due to the greatest winner <laughs> in professional sports. And going back to the New England area, I'm talking about Bill Russell. Russell won 11 championships oh, in his 13-year career, even when Let's he go, Capri with the Celtics. Long before... Shame on us for not calling that one out, too, with I the feel, respect being yeah, the top. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's my bad on that's that. Bad. I talked with my kids about it at, at, at rehearsal today and everything. Yeah, man, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Aaron, for picking us up on this. Cap dared to take a knee for social injustice. Um, Bill Russell was down front taking Martin Luther King's activism to the sports world. Absolutely. He stood up for Muhammad Ali whenever he was a conscientious objector to the Vietnam War. And he also stood up for others during the 60s. He was winning championships on the court but couldn't stay in hotels off of the court because of the color of his skin. He showed real courage in the face of adversity. And even um, once Michael Jordan, another so-called GOAT, attempted to trash talk Russell on a golf course following the second straight of his championships by sticking his mouth out there and trying to challenge Russell by saying that he was coming for Russell's records. Now, Russell responded without missing a beat, asking, which one? You won't break either. <laughs> nice. Russell was right. Nice. Jordan only accomplished six championships of his own. Rest in power. Thoughts and prayers are also extended to yet another GOAT, broadcasting icon Vin Scully, Silver Linings. Happy 45th birthday to another GOAT. Yes, Tom Brady is celebrating today. Um, what do you get the guy who has everything? A massage? Oh. Refunds on his MAGA hats? Hell, even Roger Goodell even slapped the Dolphins owner with a $1 million plus fine and docked him um, one uh, I guess first round and one third rounder in the 2023 uh, NFL draft. I mean, just for simply trying to acquire TB12's talents. 
whatever, man. Listen, the head list. Guard Denzel Good, linebacker Colin Fackrell, Jackson Mahomes, Roger Goodell, Daniel Snyder, Jim Rome, Mike Wilbon, Jason Whitlock, Whitlock and insurrectionists, of course. And be on the lookout for maybe a very special inebriation covering tomorrow's events out there at the Hall of Fame game. And i got to conclude the call by saying, as always, Rue. Oh, there he is. There in the Q Dog Raider. Let's right go. On. Right on. Oh, my gosh. Perfect call. Perfect call, as usual, Aaron. Thank you so very, very much. And again, thank you for bringing up uh, the legacy of Bill Russell, man. That is uh, off the court, most importantly, but an absolute legend on the court as well. And uh, yeah, thank you for that. And, and always the best call from Aaron, the Q Dog Raider. And so he brings up uh, tomorrow. So uh, much respect to our friends. At Anebra Nation, that's a podcast. You can find them on the YouTubes. They're going to be doing a live stream. That's Chuck Splatterhead McCann. Um, he is the president of the New Jersey chapter of the Black Hole. Uh, and uh, he and his buddy Groby do this the show called Anebra Nation. They're going to be hosting a bunch of Raider fans on a live chat, on like a whole live thing. So uh, Aaron's going to jump in there. And I know a bunch of our other made men, maybe right even on. Mojo and whatever, are going to be in there. So check out Anebra Nation and support their show, especially if you, if you like cocktails. If you like to partake, well, yeah. that's the show for you as an Ebernation. All right, we got two to get to real quick. Let's check in with our good buddy down in Houston. We call him the Houstorian. He is Houston Raider Steve. Murph Moss, Flag Jeff Nation, Houston Raider Steve. Today, let's all uh, raise a toast to the great Raider, legend of all time, Chris Branch. He, was, uh, he and Lester Hayes are both Houstonians like myself. I tell you what, he revolutionized the game. Speed kills. Nobody could stop him. I remember going out to the Raider image. I was able to get a picture with him. He slipped his Super Bowl ring on my finger like he did a lot of people. Man, that was so cool. Went out to the Raider image and further event, and Cliff was out there. Um, so, you know, Raider. He recognized me from the priest time. He goes, hey, Houston. Man, he told me the story about how his house burned down during the fire and everything. He lost everything. They told him he had to get out. Yeah, he lost his car, lost his house, lost all of his Raiders memorabilia. And great man, I was lucky to be at his funeral um, with a bunch of Houston people, Mark Davis, Tim Brown. All of we just want to pay tribute to uh, Cliff. I'll be up this weekend when Mark Davis does the um, presentation for Cliff. Man, uh, they were great friends. Actually, he became Mark was his agent, and that's what caused the rift because his dad didn't like the fact that Mark was going to rip a branch and uh, negotiations on a contract. They lived together out there. All I can say is we love you, Cliff. God bless. We can't wait to get crazy this weekend up in Canton. Go Raiders. Scuba Steve, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Houston Raiders, Steve. We had a little bit of a bad connection there, it sounds like. It sounds like you're a little bit underwater, but we got the gist of it. And, uh, and, and we know what a big, huge fan uh, you were of Cliff Branch, and, or are of Cliff Branch, and especially um, those Houston connections, those Texas connections to yeah. the Raiders. Uh, very, very cool. All right, so we appreciate you, Houston Raiders, Steve. All right, so we got one more to get to, but this is... I got. We we. I said a little while ago about the creativity of some of our callers. Um, two of our most creative are Kill Jadis and uh, Raider Karaoke Kid. Okay, and they both do impressions. They sing. They do all this kind of stuff. Well, now we've got collabs going on here. No way. Yeah. So we've got a I twofer. Love a good collab. So we've got a twofer. We've got Kill Jadis and the Raider Karaoke Kid. So let's check in with the two of these guys. It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
with the ref's whistle blowing, and fans will be going to choke down some beer. <laughs> it's the <laughs> most wonderful <laughs> time of, of the year. year. It's the happy. Happiest season of all. With those good pregame greetings and all the tailgatings that friends come to call. <laughs> it's the hap- happiest season of all. <laughs> you an undertaker. There will be game days for hosting, fan bases for roasting, and analysts their BS will show. There'll be epic past stories and tales of the glories of seasons played long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much QB sacking and silver and blacking to bring us good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the There'll be game days for hosting, fan bases for roasting, and analysts their BS will show. There'll be epic past stories and tales of the glories of seasons play long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much QB sacking and silver and blacking to bring us good cheer. It's, it's the, the most wonderful, wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time. Oh, my football season. Yeah, preseason. Shut up. <laughs> I love this Sizzler. Uh, Sizzler. 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 Without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. Fantastic. One of the best we've had. The Sizzler oh right gosh, off the bat. So but we did hear from we did hear from T Hom. He wrote us a book. Uh, he had some rants <laughs> and, and, and some predictions. Oh, War and Peace, it was, we call it him. was War and Peace. War and Peace by T Hom. Uh <laughs> Raider Shank, he kept his cool. I'm yeah, glad he did in yeah. Universal. And 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 then Paul broke down the clown drama that is the Hall of Fame. Capo, of course, started us off a review of spring training and a shout-out to Bill Russell. Thank you so much for that. Uh, uh, Houston Raider Steve, a toast to Cliffy and uh, some obvious Cliffy reminiscings that were that were wonderful and right on time. But that Sizzler Award going to Kill Jadis and the Raider Karaoke Kid. Uh, Paul, mark this down. It's not the first time that two people have got the Sizzler, but it's the first time that a collab from two separate people And they are Sizzler worthy. And uh, uh, and I love how somebody right off the bat wrote, ah, somebody going to be putting some pressure for the Gemini Award. Uh, it's a Gemini I'm Award. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> Foxy Scorpio <laughs> says, not since Bohemian Rhapsody has anyone used overdub so ingeniously. <laughs> 
That's amazing, Foxy Scorpio. We appreciate you. We appreciate everybody that's in there tonight. Everybody that hung in there with us for this long show. Oh my gosh! And right here at the last second, we've got a ten dollar donation coming in from our our buddy uh, Pineapple. He says Aloha uh, RFR. Aloha to you, my friend, and appreciate that. And and I hope that bottle of Intercept wine autographed by Charles Woodson has made it to you uh, by now. If not, it should be there any any minute. Uh, but also, uh, Full Metal Mexican is in there. Killed Jadis is in there. Paul Edgerton. Uh, Ron the Materator is in there. Lee B. Jason Thomas. Raider Cam. Uh, so many of our good friends. Aaron Murph, the Q-Dog Raider. Murph. Yes, sir. Murph. Yes. We are Metallica, and oh, we yeah. are here for your Oakland Raiders. You know why we are here, and we ain't playing around today. From The Walking Dead to Errant Jedi Knights, Raiders fans are a rogues gallery. Pineapple says he got the wine. Thanks. You're very, very welcome. And we appreciate everybody that is uh, joining the chat room tonight. Appreciate all of you. Thank you, Uncle Mosh, for keeping me straight and getting to the rogues gallery oh there. Oh, my God, I try. It's, you know what I mean? Look, it's a late night. Like, we, you know. Details. Well, yeah. Hey, uh, Q Dog, if you had a bet, uh, we went under three. We did go two under and a half. We did go under two three hours. Two and a half. Uh, yeah, we're, there you right, go. We're, we're right at it. And so thank you to all of you tonight uh, that participated. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Don't forget, hit us up. Show at RaidersFanRadio.com, 909-345-3346. We appreciate all of you and all the participation. Thank you to all the donations tonight. I'm going to leave it to these guys to take us out of here. But just know this, Raider Nation, we've got some big stuff coming up. We are at the beginning of the freaking season. Let's effing go. go. we got freaking football tomorrow. Let's we go. love you so very, very much. Have a great night. Swag Jeff, take us out. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, and thanks, everyone, in the chat. Tyrone Graves, Jason Thomas, Gil Jadis, Lencho, uh, David Boyd, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Pineapple, B-Al, JB's in there. Uh, let's see, Paul is in there. Uh, Foxy Scorpio, Full Metal Mexican, Lee B, Raider Cam, the whole crew, man. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, hey, man, we raised $200 tonight. Oh, no let's go, let's man. Go. That's 200 oh. bucks tonight for the One Nation Foundation. Oh, Thank you guys so sick. very, Thank very so much. much. Uh, Uncle Mosh, why don't you take us home, my man? Man, it was so good being here. It was so good to have all three of us back in the booth again. It's been a minute. So we are excited to be here. We're excited you're all here. And tonight you were listening to my little buddy Swaggy J over there and my little nephew Murph. You got your old Uncle Mosh here. And you've been listening to Raiders Fan Radio, where we take a lighter side journey into the dark side. Like Coach Madden said, don't worry about the horse being blind. Just load the wagon. What happens in Vegas started in Oakland. Adios, malingerers. Congrats, Mojo. Give me a call. We'll talk about your retirement party. A donkey's a donkey. A Muppet's a Muppet. Raider Nation, let's ride. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Stay safe. God bless. Goodbye. I hate that thing. That Star Wars crap away. Kevin, shut up. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.